Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 295 of Slamfire Radio. Today is March 14th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one, Trevor. I'm Kelly. And uh, Matthew was chasing down a pig. He said something about pork chops. He was hungry. Kids were hungry. Like the He likes, had to get it. Yeah, he likes his meat really, really fresh. Raw. I think he said he wanted rare pork chops. That's a little bit weird. Mm. That's called tapeworm. supposed to do that? Mm. It's called what, Kelly? Trichinosis. Trichinosis, tapeworm. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that you could get that from pork. The uh, first time I ever heard of that was from bear when I started hunting bear. Seriously? People, yeah. People are like, you better make sure that you freeze your bear this this frozen for this long because it kills the trichinosis. And then when you cook it, you got to cook it at this temperature for this long because it kills the trichinosis. I'm like, I, I don't even know what that is. I can't spell Unless it. Unless you want to lose some weight and then you don't. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> that's the ultimate weight loss program. Eat no. raw bear. <laughs> You guys, you guys no. ever watched that show, The Meat Eater, on um, yeah, YouTube? Not YouTube, Netflix. Yep. No. He, he he got it. Like he will eat stuff within a minute of shooting it, and he doesn't always cook everything the way he's supposed to. So he ate some bear that wasn't cooked properly in mm. the bush. That one and... he said his buddy cooked it. Oh, his buddy cooked it. Yeah. Well, maybe he cooked it, but he didn't cook it correctly. Right, because he ended up yeah, with the old trigonosis. A little rare. A little Horrible, rare on the bear. By the way. Yeah, while well, you had it. Mm-hmm. Well, you've had trichinosis? Mm-hmm. And R- raw pork. It wasn't cooked enough. Would you recommend it as a weight loss technique for our listeners or no? Absolutely not. You don't want <sighs> you do not want to go through that. Is it like all ends? Everything is just evacuating from everywhere? Mm, no, you yeah, after you go to the doctor, yeah. Really? So what is it? It's a parasite? It's a parasite. Huh. You don't want it. It's not good. All right. Cook your, so, cook your pork. Cook your pork. So tapeworm is bet is the better option. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not better either. It's not good either. Yeah. Well, this isn't Parasite Slam Radio, so let's move on. <laughs> 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 All right. What, what uh, we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. What do they got this week, Trevor? They are the new Canadian distributor for Phoenix pistols. So awesome. if you're unfamiliar with Phoenix pistols, the best way I can describe them to you is to say that they are a Tanfoglio or CZ clone. And I'd say they're a Tanfo clone, but a Tanfo is a clone of a CZ, but they certainly, they resemble a Tanfoglio more than a CZ. So if you don't know what those are, those are essentially Ipsic pistols. Obviously you can use them in other sports or just use them for planking, but they are designed primarily to be a a competition pistol. But Phoenix offers uh, they're made, um, they're Swiss made, by the way. So, you know, they work like a, like a, like a knife. There's all these cool things that you can flip out of them. That's how that works, right? You were going to say oh. like a Swiss watch? Or I was going to say a Swiss that? watch, yeah. but I figure a Swiss knife, army knife. Swiss would be army cool. knife? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But really Except they don't shoot. shoots bullets. Right. So like a Swiss army knife that shoots bullets. So. Doesn't even um, have, does it probably comes with a bottle opener somewhere on there. Somewhere. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you just smash the top off the bottle with the butt and you're good. So, um, yeah, they've got a couple of different models. They've got some aluminum polymer models. They've got steel, 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 aluminum, aluminum, aluminum. So there's your super lightweight pistol. Um, the slide is aluminum and the frame is aluminum. These are uh, double action, single action. Um, predominantly, they do have, I think, one. Possibly the Fusion Compact might be a striker fired because I don't see a hammer in the pistol. But um, So they seem to have everything from competition to carry. And uh, The one you want is the red back. That's the steel steel one. Three pounds, 2.92 pounds if you want to get fancy. Three pounds, heavy and big. Yeah. Proper competition pistol. You got it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So um, if you want one, you know, you have to get it from the Calgary Shooting Center. Otherwise, you're a communist. And uh, they're the only ones carrying them for now. <laughs> really? Can we get Jeff on, uh, load Kelly up with some booze, and then yes. ask I think, for free ones? Absolutely. I think we should do this. And we got to load <laughs> Jeff up, too, because Jeff is a mm-hmm. newfie, and uh, he's pretty much legally required to have a certain constant alcohol blood level. And if we get him loaded and get her loaded, it'll be free guns for everybody. Sweet. It's a plan. Listeners, you can yeah. take part in that. Yeah. What do you mean? No. No, no, no. Just us? Yeah. They can watch us get loaded. They can watch us get, they can watch you get loaded and watch Adriel and I load our new guns. Speaking Mm. of loaded, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) This is me, Kelly, suddenly pretending I'm the lead host. (laughs) Trevor? Yes. I love you. What did you do in guns this week? I love you too. I refuse to. I refuse to to comply. When Adriel tells me to move on, it's time to move on. Adriel's lead okay, host. You're okay, not the wait, boss wait. of me this week. Adriel is. Let me let me try. Uh, Trevor, what did you do in guns this week? Oh, funny you should ask. <laughs> um, so I brought that long branch that I picked up last weekend at the gun dealer in Fredericton, oh, outside of Fredericton, to Captain Andy to have the holes plugged. So. Uh, I don't know what we talked about last week with regards to the holes, but uh, to sum up real quickly, someone did a really horrible job of drilling and tapping the receiver for a lineman target site. And when I got it to Andy's, we looked closely. Only one of the holes was in fact drilled and tapped. The other one was drilled, but it was drilled with three different size drill bits and never actually all the way through and never actually tapped. So um, Andy had no problem plugging the first hole. He just basically plugged it with a screw and then milled it down flush. The second one didn't come out the way he liked, so I left it with him because he he just wasn't going to accept it. He knew he could do better. The first, the first hole, when blended, essentially disappeared, and once he threw some cold bluing on there, that's not the proper finish, but he just wanted to see what it would look like with some kind of finish on there. It's gone. You can't see it. You don't even know that there was ever a hole there. So... Yeah, I, he, I saw the pics online that he, uh, that he posted. He did a great job plugging your holes. It's like he's the oh Adriel. He did a great job the first time. The second time he wasn't satisfied with himself, so he's like, "No, we're gonna plug that better. Okay, Leave your holes here. To, we just need to move on from this." <laughs> Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure I can. I can. I can really go dig down into no. a deep hole here. No, no, but no, no. Anyway, he did decide, and we, we decided together that he uh, the rifle would stay there, and he would give the second uh, hole a cra- second crack. And sure enough, he he got it just perfectly blended the second time. And like the first one, you cannot tell that it was ever there. So, um, yeah, so we got that done. We did that, I don't know, Friday night? 
Yeah, so we went down Friday night. And then, oh, something else cool about this, Long Branch. It had the markings MP on it. And I hadn't looked them up yet, but uh, shout out to um, Matt from Wolverine Supplies in Manitoba. Matt, the owner, the owner's son, co-owner, whatever, he, Matt Hipwell, he noticed the MP. And for those of you that don't know, Matt left his career with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to work with his father at Wolverine. And he noticed that MP and he knew what that MP was. That MP stands for Mounted Police. So I did a little bit, of, little bit of research online, and it turns out that my long branch was one of 1,020 rifles that were issued to the Mounted Police. Very cool. Very, very cool. What, so what year was that? 43. 43? Yeah. Now, what year it was issued, I don't know, but the rifle is dated 43. I don't know when they were issued. Uh, I'm sure if we do a bit more reading. And actually, Matt said he was going to find me some information when he got back from where he was. And so I'll read up on it some more. So okay. cool. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, what else? Hold on. I got to add this. Um, oh, and then I picked up the uh, caliber conversion kit for 45, and I ordered the parts needed to convert it to um, 308, 243, and 30 6. A lot of the caliber conversion kit parts for 45 are the same parts you would get in a caliber conversion kit for 308 and 30-06, with the exception of um, three pieces. <laughs> the powder funnel for the powder measure and the plastic bits that move the cases from the case feeder into the shell plate. So I spent 83 bucks and got a whole, uh, now I can use that one caliber conversion kit for two calibers as instead of paying 130 for one and 130 for another one and half of the parts being the same, I'm just going to double up. Right. So um, yeah. And then Saturday morning, I went to Moncton and I got to hang out with Filthy and Ginger Snaps and Dawn and the Mini Snaps. And um, yeah, we went to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Thank you, uh, time change. (laughs) So it's too late to keep children up. (laughs) True. But, you know, we actually. You sent us messages too. Yeah. And the mini snaps were were in bed way before that. Um, Probably their old man was too, because he bailed on us. Like he's, he's dead to me. He came over for like five minutes, brought the kids. And then we went to eat at the keg. And then after the keg, he was supposed to bring the kids home. And all of a sudden I'm getting these whiny bitchy texts. I can't come over. I can't leave my my wife alone tonight. I'm like, really dude? Like you had like uh, the rest of your life to see your wife. I'm here this weekend. You can't come back over dead to me he's probably watching and listening whatever i don't care he can watch and listen all he wants he knows what (laughs) he did you know what you did ginger snaps i'm the one snapping now you know what you did and then it's bad it's bad enough he didn't want to see me he had the gall to throw his wife on the bus and blame his wife like that's that's bad mojo so i don't we just need to spend some time with her well if i had to pick between him and her i'd definitely pick her you know anyway um the reason why I went to Captain Andy's was not just to bring in my long branch, but to pick up my Dylan Square Deal B press. Um, so to the listeners who ask us for uh, recommendations for loading presses, if all you're ever going to do is um, reload pistol, um, you got really, I think, kind of two choices, a turret press or this press. Don't get a want. turret press. For pistol, uh, sometimes they're, you have so, they're so slow. Get a used well, square deal. Every single day. Every You're right, but sometimes it's a question of budget. So if your budget doesn't allow for a use 
Dylan, I would recommend a tour press. Get a, a second job and make <laughs> some money and get the Dylan. <laughs> or, or just buy factory ammo. It's not worth the time making, unless you're making like 357 or some weird or expensive rounds. But if you're making 9mm or 45, get the Dylan or get a second job and buy factory. Well, the Dylan, get a second job until you can pay off the Dylan and then, you know, quit. Yeah. But so this being said, the Dylan Square deal was still in the box. It had been used, according to the owner, to load a whopping 4,000 rounds of 9 mil. Mm. So it's in excellent shape, still in the original box. All, all the paperwork and everything was there, set up for 9 mil. The price on the box was 550 I paid 375 So they're out there, and you can get a good deal on them. And I've... And, you know, you're going to, you're going to make fun of me, um, Adriel, and that's fine. It's totally appropriate, but I've got more than 375 wrapped up in my, um, turret press with all the accessories. I mean, that's, I'm not going to make fun of you. That's just, that's the way it rolls sometimes as you're, as you're progressing is you buy the single stage or the turret press, then you buy all the stuff to go on it. And then you find out, oh, wait a minute, progressives way faster. And you find a square deal for 375 used, which has a lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. And then you're cranking out at, out, out rounds, and you're like, well, yeah. turret press never gets touched again, except for maybe uh, your rifle rounds or something like that. Yeah, like I think there, there's a used turret press, or no, sorry, a used Dylan Square deal on Marstar right now for like 275 and it looks a little rough, but who cares, who cares? when the parts are free? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I got, you know, I got a, I got a square deal with a thousand miles on it. So what? Oh, this part's broken. Hello, Dylan. Yes, sir. We'll send you one right away. Thank you. They, they're guaranteed for life and the warranties are transferable. What's mm-hmm. the number? 1 800 223 4570. So, now the thing about the Dylan Square deal, it's a couple of things you need to know. It's only for pistol calibers, it uses proprietary dies, but so what? Caliber conversion cheaps. Everything about the Square deal is cheaper than all the other Dylans. The dies are cheaper, the caliber conversion kits are cheaper. Um, the other thing you need to know is you cannot use a case feeder unless you fabricate your own somehow. Um, and I think those are the two big ones. It's, it's pistol only proprietary dies. That's it. Pistol only proprietary dies and no case feeder. So keep that in mind. If you can live with those things and you can, uh, you'll be happy. I, for the price point, you're going to load the cases, load the bullets yourself, but you're going to have a very inexpensive press that cranks ammo out and, and you're going to have work. it just set up for the, for the one cartridge. And you're going to just, that's going to be the station that makes nine millimeter or 45 till the end of days. That's it. You set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. N- 95% of the stoppages I have on my Dylan 650 are case feeding related. Either the brass, um, the case feeder at the top plugs mm-hmm. up and causes brass to rain down on me. And I've got to stop what I'm doing and unplug that. Or a piece of brass comes into the shell plate upside down and won't feed into the shell plate. Those are like the two most common um, stoppages that the 650 have for me. Other people's mileage may vary. Um, the other thing about the Dillon 650 is every time the shell, t- the shell plate rotates, a primer comes out of it. So you need to do something with the primer catch cup at the bottom, which is not a cup. It doesn't catch anything. It's actually a ramp and sends the primers into orbit and then they land somewhere on the floor. Or um, you need to get one of those bent pieces of wire that uh, prevent it from working 
while you're working on the press, you lock it back and then no primers feed. With the Dylan um, square DLB, that doesn't happen. It's auto indexing, meaning you don't rotate the shell plate manually. It rotates automatically when you work the handle up and down, but the primers don't go anywhere. They just stay there until you use one and then it replaces it with a fresh one. So that is for me, the coolest advantage over the 650. Yeah. So, but if you get any powder in it, it's like it, like all priming systems. You get some powder in it, and it screws up. Yeah, but the, I, it's super easy to clean. Two screws, yeah. two screws accesses the primer feeding system, and you can wipe it down and clean it super quickly. So, off the back, three. In the front, there's two. The primer three. System? You're right. Three. three. Yep. Yep. Three. Sorry. Um. So to put it into perspective for you, with with regards to rounds per hour, on my Dylan 650. I set the stopwatch for six minutes and I routinely always load 100 in under six minutes. And that's not at a crazy rate. We did it once muffin and I in four, four minutes and 40 seconds, we did a hundred rounds and that was just humming. Right. But you're just not, you're not supposed to go that fast. We just wanted to push it just to see what we could actually do on the clock. So, but it's no problem to load 100 rounds in six minutes. Like, that's crazy fast for mm-hmm. those guys out there that are still loading on a single stage. They're like, oh, my God, it takes me an hour to load 100 rounds. Yeah, so six minutes, 100 rounds. On the Dylan, uh, it took it takes an average of uh, 11 minutes to load 100 rounds. So it's just over 500 rounds in an hour. That's still fantastic. 500 rounds an hour. I mean, you can if you if you got someone helping you, you can crank it up. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, we, I've, we, we, you have uh, to stop the empty trays and fill brass and fill bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I know because uh, uh, Will and I and and my buddy uh, Sean will sometimes reload on on the square deal, and we'll hit a thousand rounds an hour uh, just by just getting help, though, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, oh, Pedro's on. Cool. We'll talk more about him in a second. Uh, <laughs> stop talking about him. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, Both no, actually, for Pedro. But you had to do that, huh? Yeah, I did. Like he's never heard that before. All right, Sorry, so uh, I bought another Lee Enfield. I almost bought two more Lee Enfields. There's a Ipswich shooter from Nova Scotia who was liquidating a whole pile of stuff, and he had a, a beautiful long branch and a beautiful Lee Enfield BSA. And these were actually civilian rifles, but they looked like you know full wood full military configuration but looking at the markings i think that it was a um, a civilian one the only difference between it and the military one would be the markings maybe i'm still learning about the um the non-mark four lee enfields um i always said i was only going to collect mark fours but this one is exceptionally nice and it's really priced at a great like i've already been offered more money than what i'm paying for it and I'm like, nope, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Sorry, Squire. Um, what else? Oh, I loaded some 45 ACP on my 650. So I got my caliber conversion kit last week and I got it installed and set up and tuned. I forgot that my shell plate is only for not 45. <laughs> it does 9 and 40 and 38 and 357 even though the small pistol one is not supposed to be for those ones. But anyway, there's small pistol and large pistol. And apparently I need the large pistol. So Mm. I've unfortunately had to resort to filling the tube on the case feeder by hand, which is, uh, God, it means every 23 cranks of the handle, I have to stop and fill it up again. 
Um, but I made some beautiful X metal, 230 grain fat man bullets. So, and then today, this is exciting. Can we get the camera locked in over here, Adriel? It's been locked in the whole time. Oh goodness. That's should have told me I may have been picking my nose or something. So Not much. Uh, I said, Pedro was watching, which is really awesome. Cause now I'm going to show off his stuff. So you remember we were talking about, um, that I had ordered this stuff. So yep. what this stuff is, is 3d printed IPSC or USPSA stage dining stage designing materials. So it's actually miniature walls. Check that out. Miniature table for your table start stages. We got two different size walls. Oh, and by the way, um, this particular stage is uh, sponsored by, yeah, that's right, Slamfire Fire Radio. Radio. I think they should all be sponsored, but all the, all the miniatures at least are sponsored. Right, Pedro, like, those are awesome. I would play with these. Well, you know what? I had to leave most of this downstairs because Christina said this is her plan for tonight in this order. Take a bath, drink some gin, and design stages. Yeah. <laughs> She's downstairs at the table. She's, she's doing goodie stuff. That's all. Yep. Awesome. Of course, my, my match director mind's going to melt. I mean, you can't do that. That's not Ipsic legal. What are you doing? And what's a <laughs> pony doing in there? Like, stop it. So Check you use G.I. Joe and you use Barbie. Tons. Well, <laughs> the, 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 the president of Ipsic Canada saw my post on Instagram. He says, so like, what scale are those? Lego? G.I. Joe? Hello? Kid or, uh, my, little, you, my little my little pony like no no they are at first i just said yes and then i went back and said they're kind of um almost like lego guy ish but i mean here's a 45 gallon drum so yeah. the shooter's obviously got to be bigger than the 45 gallon drum for the scale to be right gi joe would be the correct scale for that possibly gi joe That's what yeah. I to. possibly Legos. i mean that you, barrel's the size of a lego guy yeah it's too yeah. tall yeah, but if you put the barrel next to the wall, the scale is correct. Like, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm downstairs building stages. So, we've got a Nipsic Facebook conversation going between me and Captain Andy and a couple of guys, Muffin. And so, I told him, I said, you can kick me off this conversation thread right now because I'm telling you, you're going to get sick of seeing these pictures. And I started flooding them with little miniature stages that I was putting together. So, like, check out the poppers, 3D printed poppers. And he's got more stuff coming. Oh, get this. I let him watch or send him some links to some videos to uh, SummerSlam. Yep. So he watched the videos and I told him like, we got a bus, we got a lobster boat. Next thing you know, he's taking pictures of the 3d printed bus that he made for us and the <laughs> boat. He actually printed <gasps> me a bus. Yeah. Like Restigush is going to have the coolest 3d USPSA printed set Ever. anywhere. Like he's making custom stuff for our range. And um, there's another guy from Canada said, I was looking at that stuff. How long did it take to come in? I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 days. So it left California, cleared customs, and got here in like no time. It's actually been sitting at the post office for three days, but I haven't been able to get over there before closing because of like stupid stuff like work, right? I don't, don't think they deliver directly to your house and drop it off on your table. What now? Don't they deliver it directly to your house and drop it off on your table? Uh, no, that was, uh, that was when I was working at the other school. They would bring uh, the postman, woman actually, would deliver the school's mail. To the school, and if I had a parcel, she walked down the hall, knock on the door, and give me my parcel in my classroom. Nice. Tires. Oh. Yeah, nice. But you got to remember, Adriel. I lived in a place where you're standing in line at the grocery store, and the phone rings, and the and the cashier goes over, answers the phone, goes, uh huh, uh huh, hangs up, goes, yeah, Trevor, that was your wife. She said, don't forget the margarine. You know, that's that's where I used to live. Hello, small town. So, 
um yeah there's a little 3d printed chair so there's your chair there's your table and you've got and for your, the for the podcast your... listeners basically trevor's got like a whole bunch of tiny little scaled down props that are uh super useful for this I'd stuff so you have to watch the video Yep. So I took some, I so saw I designed a, a stage today and took a picture, like just slightly overhead view of the stage. And then I took a picture of what the shooter would see looking through the port. And then I took a picture of what the shooter would see looking on the left side of the wall, then the right side of the wall. And anyway, I'm excited. That. Yeah. Like I, I've been putting, normally I open up registration in September when the match is the following July or August. And then I start designing my stages and often I've had them imp- approved by November, but this year I haven't been motivated whatsoever to even talk about or look at stages. This has lit a fire under my butt to get back to work on designing stages. Um, well, it's it got playing. really now you're playing, yeah, right? Absolutely now playing. Put them around on a table, mess around with it. It's not hard. You're not learning nope. how to run like a 3D program. You're moving stuff around a table until it looks about right, and then you're taking a picture with your phone. Yeah, and I immediately recognized, oh, you'll be able to see those targets from this port. On paper, mm-hmm. it's not as easy. 3D on the table right in front of me, I was like, ah, ha, Like um, Colin commented today, he said, you know, it's good, but it's not perfect. Like, you won't be able to see something. And I was like, well, actually, Colin, that's literally exactly what these will help you do. And it had something right. like shoot-throughs. He's like, how are you going to know if you have shoot-throughs? If you work with these, you will understand how you will know you will have shoot throughs. Like, just look at some of the pictures they're going to be posting. And, and if you're a match director who's ever designed stages for a level two and above uh, match, you'll you'll get it. You'll totally get it. So, um, I did, yeah, like I got even more discouraged and less interested in designing my stages when I tried to learn SketchUp. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I guess this will be a spoiler. SummerSlam is going to be 20 stages this year. It's going to be Sweet. the biggest, biggest match I ever put on. Um, well, are we you, held, yes. I was going to ask, are you building anything else? Last year you built the house, right? right. No. Are you, are you doing I, major construction at all? No. Well, next year, Kelly, we have the, we're hosting the nationals in 2021. Yep. And um, we have our range inspection in 2020. So whatever money we make off the match this year is going to be used to get the range recertified. So no major purchases of props or no major construction jobs, nothing, just pour it all back into the range and get all the bays resurfaced and the angles right and all that stuff. So that's the plan. Okay. So there's another spoiler. There will be no SummerSlam in 2020. Because <gasps> you have nationals. Yeah, but I got nationals the next year and my goal is to make it the biggest nationals with as far as stages are concerned and with the amount of shooters. Because cool. everything, say it with me, Everything is a contest. contest. Oh, see, I won because I went first. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Kelly. Well done. (laughs) All right. That's enough of my time. Uh, What about you, Adriel? What did you do? All right. I think that's on me now. I went and shot some 22s. A lot of 22s. Yes, you did. Yes. How long did it take you? All the 22. So I put in... Uh, Will and I both put in nine hours of shooting and uh, I'm about uh, 30 or 40 percent complete. Uh, just Adriel, yeah, I love how one of the comments on Instagram was like, you know, all this data already exists, right? Not in one place. <laughs> and I, I, I saw some of the reviews that people put out and the accuracy wasn't good enough. Nope. Uh, so I think that uh, it, it wasn't it's, it's not good enough data. So that's why I'm doing it. 
there is one where the data is definitely good enough. There's a, uh, oh, where is it? I think 6BR has like a, a quick synopsis of it. Um, there's a, a big review that some guys did with a bleaker 22. But they did mostly like Ely, mostly the high-end match stuff and not the cheap garbage that I tested and the cheap garbage uh, shot like cheap garbage, <laughs> which was uh, a surprise to no one. Uh, yeah, uh, this this is going to take me so much time. So my like goal for this was to try to get it done in like a couple of weeks. It's probably going to take me a month or more uh, just because like the volume of shooting by itself is is outrageously high to be able to, to put the time in to shoot accurately. Um, measuring targets, compiling data. It's all going to take me quite a bit of time. Right. Uh, so give me a month or two. <laughs> okay. And I got a sunburn from being outside on Saturday uh, in the March sun because I was facing south the whole time because that way the wind was coming towards me and not sideways. And uh, I was facing the sun for nine hours. So you, you could have got a burn today. It was plus nine in New Brunswick. Mm. Like, oh, uh, feel Filthy's house is going to wash away. They got <gasps> so hammered last year, and it's going to be worse. Yeah, yeah, they say 45 years, it's the biggest flood in 45 <sighs> years. I was there when the last flood was that past. 45 years ago? Yeah, that makes you sense. You bet. Yeah. I say 45 years. <laughs> you know where I was 45 years ago? You were not even born. Like, he's he's no, muted. He's muted. Did, we, yeah. did, we, did you mute him on purpose? No, he muted himself. Okay. Well, no, no, I, I dropped, that was a mic drop. That was a mic yeah. drop. I was like, you're <laughs> old, and I dropped the mic. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, off of the uh, flood talk. <laughs> I got some uh, 308 mags. These are for LER pistols. They also work in some other rifles, just, uh, Where, just you get incidentally. Them? Uh, this is from SFRC. They had the CPD mags. Did you get them at 12% off? Uh, I don't know. They were cheap. They were decent These price. guys have them. The uh, Calgary Shooting Calgary Center? Shooting Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is the sponsor right. of the show? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's I got mine. I'm pretty not, good too, though. I'm not a communist. I'll be in Calgary one of these days. I'll pick up some more. I just I wanted one at least, uh, and now I have one. Uh, I also got a piece, uh, an ejector for it, and I'm Yo. happy to report How's it's it ejecting. It's ejecting. So um, I don't know if I showed this on camera before, but yeah, uh, Captain Andy's was ejecting too, like, and he didn't have to do nothing. How was it ejecting? Was it ejecting Properly. like a limp noodle, just bleh, just kind of falling out of the port, no, or was it flinging out of there? Okay, IBI two sixty barrel JP Enterprises um, bulk carrier group and JP Enterprises spring. Oh, so he has a XC uh, um, stag tanks. Stag yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the uh, before ejection was like a limp noodle. Now, if I can. It's ejecting. There we go. (laughs) It's sticky because it's a fired case, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moral of the story is it flings out of there now. It's got lots of pressure on there. The case stays on the extractor until it's ready to come out, and then it does it properly flips out of there really well. And so if you have, yep. And all you had to do was buy the parts yourself. Yes. The BCL102 has a recall on the ejectors. Extractors. Sorry. Yeah, extractors. Yep. I got the I got the extractor. That wasn't the issue. This is the ejector. Right. Um, so if you have a BCL and your cases aren't flipping very far out, they're pooling next to you or they're not flipping out at all, all you need is an ejector. And that's uh, that's it. Now, there are two kinds of ejectors. There's an ejector that has like a, 
uh, kind of like a, it looks like an hourglass. It's thin in the middle and then it bells down into a flat. That's not the one you want. You want the one that's like the half. It's like a half moon kind of a thing. And that's the one that'll work well with that. True North Arms has the half moon one. Uh, so take a look at that. This I, I've got the SFRC one. That's not the right one, but I made it work anyways because I made it work. What did uh, you do? I just I fashioned a different pin to hold it in because if you use the the roll pin, it will bind against the ejector as it's like pushing by. Uh, so I used a different style pin to uh, to hold it in there. Okay, I made it work. You made uh, it work. Yeah, I ordered some Magpul fixed stocks for the BCL and for my for my uh, WK one eighty. So Magpul has like a and Trevor Trevor's got one. They've got a fixed stock, a fixed MOE stock that's pretty nice. And if you get the butt pad for it, the PRS butt pad, it adds a three quarter inch uh, length of pull to it. And it's basically yep. perfect after that. So at right. least in my yep. opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one of those because I'm not a, I'm Where not a you? super big fan of this one. Where'd you get it? I got that one from Calgary Shooting Center. No. Uh, <laughs> Aztec. 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 Okay. Yeah. I buy little bits of everything from everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, and they call here. me a whore. Mm. Uh, I turned my ads back on on my YouTube channel. Uh, the Patreon thing had like two people on it. So I'm just going to say, hey, I'm done with the Patreon thing. I'll oh. send you some stickers and whatever. And I'll turn my ads back on. Uh, it was at first just a test. And now I'm seeing it's good for like a couple hundred bucks a month. So okay. might as well. Yep. Uh, let's see. <coughs> so oh. where can they support you on Patreon? Because I would like to do that. He just turned they it off. They can't. <laughs> oh, I, I'm off? going. To, I, I am turning it off. Don't support me on Patreon. I don't want your damn money. Really? <laughs> see, Kelly. Kelly, yep. if I hadn't received criticism, this is the kind of thing I would go after you for. Because he uh, literally just said, "I turned well, the ads back he on." He turned the ads back on, but Patreon he only had two. So if he uh, would like more on Patreon, there go. He sure. turned the ads back on because Patreon only had two, meaning he closed down the. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Whatever. Ads back up. Anyways, ads are back up. Yeah. Um, it, I think last week I talked about the kerfuffle I had with uh, doing payments online with Practice Score. Yes. And- yep. Uh, we opened up our April match and using the new system and it was beautiful. It was easy. Uh, we did pay and register at the same time. Super straightforward. And Are you now, sold out? Yeah, we sold out in, awesome. in, the, in the night. 70, 70 shooter spots uh, sold out in the night. I mean, uh-huh. uh, yeah, three gun, three gun is gaining popularity. Incidentally, if you take a look at, at, uh, at Alberta specifically, like we're, we've got three gun off the hook in this province uh here let Too me bad you wouldn't standardize and i'll use the same rule set and be consistent yeah sure i mean someone <laughs> someone who's a real stickler for ipsic might uh might feel that way uh, uh i'm also a real stickler for the usc uspsa multi-gun rule book mm-hmm. anyways this this is uh uh most most of us are, are actually operating off of the through gun nation rule book either exactly or exactly with some mods for, for the ranges. Uh, this is out to May. So that's what three gun looks like in Canada until May. And then that's what it looks like afterwards. And that's what it looks like afterwards. And that's what it looks like afterwards. So if you're, you're right around here, you're just about in the perfect place for a ton of three spot. gun. When you say yep. afterwards, what do you mean? I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving the time frame here. Okay. Look. So yeah. Uh, into into September October again Alberta's where it's at for uh, for three gun. All right. 
get to Alberta. Yeah, if you're if you're around here, you've got it. You got it made for three gun. I with some uh, recommendations from my co-hosts uh, bought the 3M Peltor Tactical Sport headset. How'd you like them? Uh, I do like them so far. Um, I would like to try them at the range. Uh, one you, of the things, yeah. Did you flip out the to the uh, yes. silicone? The little uh, jelly cups there that uh, yeah. feel so soft to touch. You bet I did. Yep. They're like the MSAs, but cheaper. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are cheaper than the MSAs. They're as comfortable. Yep. Um, but uh, Adriel, of all the electronic hearing protection I've had, I've had like three different kinds now. Mm-hmm. They're not my favorite with regards to the quality of and clarity that you hear and how they cut off. It's you're trading comfort yours, for yours cuts off. This one it sounds like it compresses the sound down. It didn't it sound like it does cut off, compress cut off. it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It does compress yeah. it. Maybe that's you can wear those old. You you can wear those for 15 hours and still be fine. And I believe you because you do that quite often. <laughs> yeah, with rimfire. Yeah, wear them, hey. wear them in a match with open guns for fifteen hours. Think it back to me. No, uh, I think I about would comfort level. Yeah, comfort levels is where I was going with that too. I think if I was going to shoot a three gun match, if and I wore these, I would probably put some earplugs underneath because. Uh, yeah. So I was I was actually uh, testing these and I I. Uh, I got my wife help me. I, I threw on this guy and I threw it actually in the ear cup uh, with the factory ear cups as well as the silicon ones with some iPro on. And the interesting thing was with what the was factory the guys, there there was a little bit of light shining through that okay. crack between the iPro and the seal with the factory bit. ones. Yep, right. a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, you you don't get a perfect seal when you're wearing uh, eye protection and electronic earmuffs. Now, with the silicone, with the gel ones, they did seal up. I didn't see any light coming out on those. Right. And uh, the gel cups mm-hmm. are aftermarket. They're about 50 bucks. Yeah, should think- be. How much were you, you got them at a really, really good deal? How much did you pay for them? Yeah, I got uh, the set was 150 and the gel cups was 45, 50. Yeah, that's a good deal. From? Uh place in calgary jsa jsa tactical mm. Jeez, something like that not jsa someplace in calgary can't remember uh but it's 150 for the headset 50 bucks for the gel cup so 200 total they sound good they uh they seal really well on the arms of the uh, uh eyepiece now one thing that i did notice is with with the glasses that are a little bit thicker uh, if I wore them for long periods of time, I'd start to get a headache from the pressure on the temples. So now I'm looking, um, I'm looking at the different iPro that I have that's a little bit thinner. Yep. Um, I've got some steel framed ones that have a very thin arm on them, and then I believe ESS has some has a suppressor frame that's also a really thin plastic arm on it. And I'm looking right. at a couple of those. Just to go back quickly, it was SRS Tactical that you got them from. There we go. Yeah, SRS. Yeah. Thank you. All the Calgary Shooting Center is a sponsor for us, so please p- patronize them. And that's where I got mine, at the Calgary Shooting Center, because... <laughs> not You're a not a communist. Not a communist. Right. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to using these. Um, I'm curious to see whether I'll need additional, like I'll need to double up with plugs or the, not. The plugs? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you will. I yeah, I've used, so I've, I I used them when we were doing the PRS shooting out at Meaford. I didn't need to. Hmm. 
And the okay. recommendation was to double up around like a, a braked rifle, like maybe. Um, mm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be to at the range this Saturday, shooting primarily a lot of 22, a lot of other things. So I might try to just get away with these guys and see what it's like. Um, unlike a lot of people, like I I still have decent hearing. A lot of people have like wrecked their hearing through a lot of shooting or going to loud concerts and that kind of thing. My hearing's decent, so if I start hearing any ringing or anything like that, I'm gonna double up and and, and just go back to double up. Yeah. yeah, if you're trying to answer your cell phone after a shoot and there's nobody calling you, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you, that you say that because you're the hunt, you're the hunting gear guy, and hunters are notorious for not wearing ear pro. I I don't wear ear pro when I'm hunting either. Don't. Uh, yeah, no. me either. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes uh, the crack of the rifle gets you. Sometimes it doesn't. It depends on your location. And yeah, if that's all you ever do, it's not good. But it's not like a constant sustained. No, well, you'll make like one shot right. a year when you shoot a deer, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've, I. The only time I have used Deer Pro, I went hunting with a three thirty eight Lapua. I used Deer Pro when I did that. Twice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go for like an epic rain trip on uh, on this Saturday. So um, there's a skills and drills that the guys are gonna be doing for three guns. They're gonna be setting up a bunch of stations and, and trying out some of the props, showing people who haven't shot a spinner before how that works. So that when the when match day comes around, there they don't you know keep hammering one side of it and expect it to do something. Uh, we're gonna do a swap meet, so I'm gonna bring some of my old stuff there and see if I can't uh, get rid of some of the stuff that I don't use anymore. And then I, I got a whole. Yep. Can you let us know what it is beforehand so we get first dibs? Yeah, dibs, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can I can put it up on the on the Slamfire Radio uh, swap yeah. meet uh, channel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. The MP29. I'm going to test the new sights. I've got that new front sight on it, so it should be on now. And uh, so I'll go try that out. Uh, GSG1911. Got new sights on it. Got to try it out. Uh, my AR15. I've got a new new old barrel on it. I've got my old spikes upper uh, barrel in there now. Uh, so let's see if that'll run <laughs> with that trigger and it doesn't cause any issues for me. Uh, in any case, I'll need to uh, cite that in. I've got the Glock with those uh, new ETS mags. I'm going to do with my BCL review finally, because now it's going to cycle. Uh, it's going to cycle. Uh, Scorpio EM332 review. I, I got to shoot it, but I'm going to shoot it a little bit more uh, this weekend. I'm going to do some 22 t- uh, shooting, and uh, I think that's about it for my uh, for my range trip. And then today I went for uh, uh, lunch with a listener, uh, Calvin, who uh, long term uh, listener of the show. And did he buy uh, you a sandwich? He got me faux from <gasps> faux king. Really? You got me some foking That's foe. like you got me some foking foe. Yep. That's an upgrade mm-hmm. from a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even know what the foe that is. <laughs> yeah. was amazing. It's uh Vietnamese noodles. That's amazing. Huh. Yeah. It's a soup. Yeah, he's uh he's a long term listener. He actually sent the gas tube for Matthew's AR build. Really? He's been listening that long. Yep. yep. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Sorry. But uh, yeah, it's cool. So uh, that's uh, that's all for me. Kelly? I went to SFRC on Saturday because it was Saturday, but they also Every had 12%. Yeah, it was a March break sale, so they had 12% off. And I picked up some 
ammo, I picked up the Federal Black um, Box Pack. I needed two, two, three. I needed cheap stuff, just blinking stuff, because mm-hmm. I uh, I was supposed to take a couple of shooters uh, out. Sixteen year old shooters. I was supposed to take them out to the range. Twins, guy and a girl. I was going to take them out to the range and get them to shoot pistol, shotgun, as well as um, AR. Uh, but I was supposed to take him out on Saturday or Sunday. Saturday was great. I should have taken him out on Saturday, but Sunday was not so good. And the weather was rainy, sleety. It was hovering around minus one, minus two, and it was raining as well as sleeting. So I decided not to take them. I want them to enjoy shooting. So I figured let's go for a day when it's going to be nice, but I wanted to pick up some ammo as well so that we could plank instead of some match grade ammo for the, for the AR. So I have deferred taking them out until not this weekend, but the next weekend after it should be a little bit nicer. Um, temperatures seem to be plus. I'm looking at the long range forecast. I'll take them out and I'm hoping that they'll continue to shoot as well. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, can you lock on my shirt? You're locked on. All right. I got a new shirt. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Are those for sale on the website? Yeah, they're yeah, they're for sale on the website. Sweet. I need a hoodie. So I love hoodies. I wear them every day i wear them to work i usually take out the strings though so they can't strangle me but <laughs> can you can you read off what what the shirt says for our the listeners shirt says <laughs> why are you laughing it's true it's absolutely true i don't go to work to get choked firearm rights or human rights you gotta take the lace out and you gotta use that to tie up your gloves so you don't lose them okay and put it through the arm of your coat so I went on the CCFR website. By the way, they do PayPal as well. So if you're not interested in using your credit card, you can do PayPal. I went on Monday night, and it was here yesterday. It, Monday night right. at 10 p.m., and it was delivered yesterday, but I wasn't here. So it went to the post office, and I picked it up today after after work. I Also, yesterday evening, I went and I ordered another hoodie from Coat of Arms, the whiteout hoodie. Uh, you should see these. These are beautiful. They're white. It'll stay white for me for about, you know, 15 seconds. But I ordered it yesterday and it was shipped today. So I'm expecting it on Monday. Uh, I I think these are awesome. I'm going to be going out to the CCFR booth on Saturday for uh, Toronto Sportsman Show. Uh, I'm probably not going to be wearing this because I don't know if I should be in an area where there's fishermen and everything it says firearm rights or human rights. I don't know. I'll wear my, my FO clothing, but I was hoping to go maybe to pub night afterwards. I don't hmm. know. I also, by the way, thank you. Thank you for sending us the stickers. It was very nice of you. I, I got it and it said Kelly and it said, my address and that was it on the envelope yeah, no the return address address was <laughs> adriel I, like, I didn't have a return address <laughs> nothing he just wrote his name <laughs> but i have a whole bunch of stickers that are going out to rob b from australia they're in the mail so watch for your envelope it's going to be two and a half weeks that's that's it that's what i also did 
So I didn't go to the range because of the fact the weather was crappy. Kind of like the weather. Remember way, 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 way back when we were doing an apple seed down in Michigan and we were working around your schedule there, Trevor, and you and bailed on us? Didn't go, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I still remember that. And rain and snow and no, sleet. You guys we lost let me forget. Machine. Yeah. That one where yep. I earned my my main my rifleman patch it was a you know a winter seed it was awesome though but it, it was, was awesome but i still need to be reminded that i bailed yes part of the reason why it was awesome is because i bailed <laughs> so you're welcome <laughs> well, you, did, you didn't get pneumonia or you know get your car stuck yeah. in a ditch or anything so yeah. no we lost a jeep mm-hmm. we really really did lose a jeep Oh, saying Trevor oh. didn't. You did. Oh, yeah, I did. No, you did. <laughs> I froze my ass off, and so did mm-hmm. Stacy and everybody else. But oh, that's the other thing. Like <laughs> that's not how stages work. God, you got, Christina just sent me a picture of the stage that she designed. Yeah, she has no concept how any of this works. Is no, it in a? Is it in a house like a Barbie house? Look at this. What? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. dude stuck in a box. Like, how's he supposed to? But it's fun. It's what? No, it's not fun so, if it doesn't work. Oh, you so gotta do hopscotch on those first right. three and that's squares. exactly what she's gonna say, Adriel. Mm. I put them in boxes because on the start signal, the stage will say Trevor on signal hopscotch into shooting area. That's what I'd have to write. Shoot them as you see them. That is that's the photo we're gonna use for this week's episode. But you did you were hoping that Christina would be more engaged in your shooting, correct? I, so she I told so her she, so she's I engaged. Told, I told. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not how it works. <laughs> yes, you can be drunk when designing SummerSlam stages. I know I've done it, but they have to be real stages. She yeah. doesn't know what M6 stages are. And then you have to do fun. some rework afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yep. She found the little dude. I didn't I didn't know the little dude was in there, so that's good. <laughs> she didn't even put a fault line at the end. Look, she the guy could literally run up and tag the targets in the face. Does she shoot M6? No. Does no she shoot? Excuse. No, That's no excuse. She's having fun, teacher. Cool. Yeah, that's it with me. By oh, the way, oh, that that would be actually a really good thing for your marriage is to teach her at a black badge. I'm sure she'd be super receptive to you uh, <laughs> bossing her around and telling her how to, uh, you know, keep compliant of Ipsic. That, that sounds be, like a great idea. Just what our marriage needs—the final <laughs> straw to break the camel's back. <laughs> that yeah. would destroy the camel's back. Yeah. Well, listen, are you going to let me sleep in your gun room when I have to move to Alberta to find work? Oh, this one's real though. She's wait learning. a second. She put a Hello Kitty in this one. <laughs> That's a lot of building for two targets. Look at this one. But she That's got fun. that one. She got that one right though. Yeah. That one's actually pretty good. I might use that one. But she threw the barrel up and the. And the barrier, like like trip hazards, <laughs> but that one's good. I like that one. You got to keep your wits about you to to make it through one of her stages. You're right. Cool. Just say thank you. You you know me so. Yeah, there you go. So I'll say something like, "Thanks, sweetie. Good effort. Can I offer you some pointers?" Just say it to me. And I don't mean it when I say it to you either. <laughs> and then throw the rule book at her. <laughs> All right. 10.4.6 says that mm-hmm. you can't have mm-hmm. two targets in a presentation like that. That's right. Yep. All oh, right. The fact that she's it- trying. <sighs> she's trying. She's intentionally doing it this way just to bug me. Kelly, do you have anything else? 
No, I mean, I mean, that's it. All right. Upcoming events, uh, TSS, Toronto Sportsman's Show. Stop by the CCFR booth this Saturday. Kelly will be there. So now you have to go. I already talked about that. No, Mm -hmm. I am going. Yeah. Uh, There's going to be the Calgary Gun Show, March 30th and 31st. I think there's an Edmonton Gun Show going on right now, too, from the 14th to the 17th. Like Edmonton, it will suck. Edmonton, yeah. You you get a free stabbing on the way in. And... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if oil the- is good, it's very expensive. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just I'm I'm, reach, I'm reaching here. You are, yeah. But the Calgary, yeah. the annual Calgary Gun Show is the largest gun show in Canada. I was there for the 51st. It's uh, yeah, it's something to see. Like I won't stand in line for a concert, which I imagine that's what this was like. I took a selfie like up the line, down the line. It was crazy. Yeah, um, there is a line to get into that thing. And you yeah, mentioned it's big. Like the, the bigness of it is not necessarily a pro because I no. remember going last year and it took forever to walk the thing. Oh, it's two days. It's yeah. two days. And yeah. everything good is like snapped up in the first. Like, like there's tables the that. It, well, uh, well, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's some of that for sure, Kelly, but it's so big that there's still some deals that make it. But the thing is, there the the line to get to some of the dealers' tables just to like buy Magpul stuff is like three and four people thick. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Speaking of lineups, uh, Tacom they've opened up the registration for it. Just oh. saying. Cool. Yeah, that'll be busy too. It will be. All right, let me try to get through the, our, our events here before our guest comes on. Uh, Barney, a uh, tactical teacher, he's running a precision rifle clinic and match April 27th to 28th. And he's got an M14 clinic as well at Gunworks in Oshawa, March 30th. Check out CGN uh, for information on both of those. Cool. Uh, Registration is now open for the Rob Furlong, Furlong Canadian uh, Sharpshooter Classic. That one's $279. It's July 13th and 14th in Hannah, Alberta. Uh, there's going to be a section, uh, sanctioned two-day PRS match at the Rob Furlong Marksmanship Ac- uh, Academy range. Oh, boy, I'm having trouble. Expect to gauge targets 500 to 1,400 yards, 18 to 20 stages with a round count of 200 plus. That is a lot for a PRS match. It is. Friday will be a sight-in day with a target out to 800 yards minimum. Lunch will be provided during the match. For more information, check out rfma.ca. Uh, in terms of the news, uh, MMP has a, a, do you guys want to stop now and go to our guest or do we want to keep going here? You're I'm muted. Co- <laughs> I'm muted. I'm trying to explain yeah. stuff and point and hand gesture. We've got about 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, let's get so, through news and yep. gun stuff then. Yep. Uh, before we get too far, uh, Matthew, what have you been up to in guns? Oh, ah, here. Hi. Hi. Just, hi. hi. Um, I bought a squirt gun. That was last week. You talked about the squirt gun already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember yeah, talking pork about chops? it. That's it. I had pork chops tonight, and that pig probably died by. It wasn't shot by a gun, so it doesn't count. Um, let's see. Carry the one. Nothing. <laughs> How <laughs> right. is the ultralight? We all need. Uh, to I hope it flies on Monday. Where awesome. our wings are back on and everything's ready to go, minus some um, little fiddly diddly bits. So we're getting there. You should probably hope that it lands too. Well, you know, it's going to land one way or another. Yeah, they all land. <laughs> they all <Eventually>. land. <laughs> cool. All right. Back to the news then. Uh, 
Kelly, this 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 one you probably have the most insight into Smith and Wesson's uh, MMP fifteen twenty two recall. So this is for the new sporter model. They're saying that uh, you need to go and check it out. They are doing a recall. They're recommending that you do not use your rifle until you call them. Uh, and basically, as, as I said, it says stop using them until they've been inspected uh, and have your bolt replaced if necessary as well. So uh, maple seed. Uh, following apple seeds, uh, what they do, we don't allow MP 1522s on the line because of this. We were seeing out of battery, uh, out of battery, um, detonations. detonations yeah. Yep, with the uh, old version, the old model. With the new one, what they're seeing is that they're switching to basically auto. Uh, hmm. so yeah, that was my so uh, I was going to ask you, Kelly. This is not the first recall, right? But I see here it specifically says for this recall, it's all models of MP15 rifles and pistols right. manufactured before February Prior. 1st, 2019. Right. So, so basically, it, whenever you bought it to. Right. It is the first recall that they've had. They never oh, actually. They never recalled them. They never recalled the first set. Ooh. And that's why we wouldn't let them on the line because they weren't admitting any fault. This time, right. they are admitting faults, so you just actually give them a call, and they'll replace it for you. Dang. Yeah. So we were seeing out-of-battery detonations. People were getting injured, so we just banned them off the line. We do not want anybody hurt, obviously, and they don't want hurt anybody hurt as well, especially if you uh, are switching to full auto. It's a twenty-two. I mean, it's kind of hard to hit the target at full auto. It's With like, the, yeah. yeah. We smokes. Yeah. But I posted it here, I, and I wanted to talk about it. I posted it on several different forums as well. Go and call, because I know a lot of people have bought them, um, mm -hmm. but just go and call uh, Smith & Wesson to check it out to see if your model is on that. Don't use it until then. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, would you like to share with the class? <laughs> yes. Christina has sent me the stage descriptions for the stages she has designed. She says, here's the second stage for your approval. It's called roll out the barrel. The shooter starts in the standing position, hands relaxed at sides. They have to go down the slide while shooting at the target underneath the net. She means the wall, which you're not allowed to do, but this is fine. This is all good. Then they have to eat the cupcake without milk. Use the barrel by jumping on it and rolling it over with your feet at, to shoot at the targets. That's why that's there. You got to slide down the slide. Let's do it. And then she put a cupcake on the table. And here, well, and then, you have, I, see, the fact that you have to eat the cupcake without milk. That's, that's challenging. <laughs> yeah. Here's the third What's stage. Up with that? It's hard Make to it. do. In the third stage, she incorporated uh, a Hello Kitty on a chair. And then there's a Hello Kitty actual Pez dispenser in the background of the stage. Third stage for your approval is called Hello Kitty Godzilla. Starting position is sitting away from the targets, being, uh, being, a, being a suspectful of any tomfoolery behind them all right starting position is start starting position is sitting away from the targets being unsuc unsuspectful of any tomfoolery behind them this one has high bullet count <laughs> if you do <laughs> choose this one i want to keep the life-size version of hello kitty <laughs> um this one is just the area love you this is just the area love you so you can see the targets. There are lots of targets to shoot. Oh my gosh. She actually designed another one. Dang. Um, the final she stage. Is, 
This final, final stage for your approval is called Ninja Shootout. This one is a, is a take your pet to the range, but make sure they're wearing proper hearing protection day. If you do not have a pet, a stuffed one will be used in its place as a sidekick. This one is tricky. <laughs> He's filled it with poppers and swingers and no shoots. And, and you all, you have to shoot it all from one huge, huge shooting area. You get to shoot it all through one port with about two, two standing reloads. <laughs> and you know what? Some of these stages are still now I'm going, Oh, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I caught myself. I caught That's myself good. guys. Cause I almost said these stages are still better than some of the matches. That Oh, see, you can't. I'm I'm we we <laughs> know what you're gonna say, though. That's, That's good enough. All that matters. Good job, Christina. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna steal the dog thing and do a John Wick themed three game <gasps> stage. Yeah, Don't there's gonna the have dog. to be one of them. Don't I'm shoot gonna. I'll get a. No, well, the, the dog's dog. dead. That's and the and then you go on a shooting rampage, right? So oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get okay. a stuffed dog and I'm gonna like I don't know spray paint it red or something, and make you wear a suit. Yeah, definitely a suit. a suit. Definitely. I a should. Suit. I should go to Value Village and see if I can get uh like a real cheap blazer, and then you have to wear the blazer as you shoot. <laughs> I know you can. That's where mine came from. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, All right, moving on to the new uh, other news uh, items. Uh, an off-duty RCMP officer had their uh, pistol stolen in Halifax. That was which day was this? March 11th. And then in Calgary, okay. what was that today? Yesterday, a, two a Calgary ago, officer had their car stolen along with badge and yeah, pistol. Yeah, yeah, everything got stolen. Everything, the whole thing. So, First, it was uh, so in in Halifax. Um, a lot of people are upset. The officer was off duty. Um, but their firearm was stored in accordance with Canadian law. Now, uh, were they on their way to or from a range? Well, you know what? Sorry. You can get butthurt if you want. It doesn't apply to them. Mm-hmm. What does apply, though, is safe storage. And the gun was locked up in a locked case. It could have happened to any of us. It happened. To, it, it just so happened to happen to a, a cop. So, uh, mm-hmm. But it is um, Halifax. What's that going to do with it? Wait, well, Halifax. Okay. Well, you that know, doesn't Halifax, mean anything. Right? That doesn't mean anything Halifax. to most of the cut, co- most of the country. Most of the country has knows nothing about Halifax other than that, that it's in Nova Scotia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Halifax just has like one bad street. We're not talking about Edmonton or Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> most of the are streets are bad. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Halifax listeners, write in. So here, and Edmonton. Kelly, to prove my point, where you're like, well, Halifax and Halifax, they break in, they steal the lawfully secured firearm in calgary they take the whole car and everything in it <laughs> that's right in calgary they stole an uh, they stole a ghost car basically with all the equipment also well, right was it a ghost car or was it just an <laughs> off-duty police officer's car with all the stuff in it oh well you better fact check me on that but i thought that i read that it was a actual police vehicle it could be i mean that would be a that would be a poor choice for a thief to, <laughs> like at, at one point you'd be like this oh this What's the what do these switches do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every, all oh, of a sudden well. people start pulling over. Oops, yeah. crap! And the GPS tracker is now on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Why don't we go on to uh, oh the uh, this last part? This is more U.S. news. So I don't know if it's super important, but they're going to re-allow people to sue gun makers for mass shootings right. uh, in the U.S. Yeah. That that, that's that, that happened but under that is Trump. I expect Hold on a from second. what what yeah. that happened under Trump. There's been more anti-gun legislation with Trump in charge than with Obama. <laughs> yep. 
Obama was yeah. undoubtedly better for gun sales too. It was oh, yeah. Same as Trudeau. We got more non-restricted black what? guns into Canada under Trudeau than we did under the Conservatives. The I conservatives, think that was timing. I think that was just timing with like, sure everyone but, figuring out how to build these things and yeah, yeah. they still they still got in. But they got through. Efforts yeah. were submitted beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good Before point. That's a great yeah. point, Kelly. But anywho, thank you. Say that again. Nope. <laughs> it's been recorded for posterity. <laughs> You'll have just timestamp this, Kelly, so we can record it and play it back a couple of times next time. Uh, gun stuff. Uh, Dante is now carrying Swarovski uh, scopes and sights and all those kind of things. They've got a whole mitt full of those. Uh, Durham has the HK MR223 uppers, the 11 inch ones, if you're looking for them. That's the uh, HK pistol, no, sorry, piston driven uh, AR upper if you're looking for. The most expensive air upper? Maybe not. An expensive air upper, but uh, probably reliable and H&K quality and H&K um, hate for the end consumer. Uh, Frontier is cl- clearing out some odds and ends. Uh, if you're looking for some weird Narenko stuff, they've got some stuff there that's really cheap. Like if you've got one of their M93 Woodsman's, they've got a, the 22 mags there for like 20 bucks. Yeah, I used to have uh, one of those. Yeah, there was a couple things that were in there where I was like, oh, man, if I only had that gun, this would be like the cheapest deal. <laughs> and then you start questioning yourself, why would I have that gun? Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want a Woodsman. But if like uh, if you're looking for a Kui 22 Bolt, they have one for 25 bucks. Oh, yeah. See, that's a good deal because I, I used to have a Bolt for a Kui 22 Bolt action. Which bolt? model? I don't know. Because there's one model that's like on Obtamium and everybody needs one. Thirty nine, yeah. Matthew. What's the single shot Kui? Yeah, the, the it's something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. You've been away from the game too long. Way too long. Anyway, so much base back. They've got a bunch of weird stuff for quite cheap. Um, and then Frontier's also getting some K thirty ones in next week. <laughs> oh, that's good. If you're looking for them. They are not at the K31 pricing that we used to have, but of we're never not. getting the we're never That's getting right. those even uh, most again have gone up, right? So not this much. I think K31s are up to like six to eight hundred dollars now per. Ouch. Yeah. Whereas they were selling for two ninety five from wholesale right. five and years ago, to, and that ammo that was on the market for the longest while was basically match grade ammo. That's drying up. You can still find it, but yeah, it used to be quite a bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's about it for a new gun stuff. Um, how are we doing on our uh, uh, our guest? Guest. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. Okay. So we, if you don't do mind doing some cutting and splicing, we can uh, do our one email now and splice it in later. Sure. Yeah. Or we're gonna do the email now and do the interview after the sh- after the email. What you want to change the order of the show notes? I know, right? <laughs> Terrible. Water OCD, burned OCD. baby. You were, you were right, Trevor. It is a 39. The 75 is the whale tail version, and then the 60 is the tube fed gooey. Cool. Well, I tell you what, if that's a bolt for 39, it's already gone. Yeah, it, it is a bolt for 39. Definitely. I, I, I used to have 39, and uh, that's totally the bolt from it. Yeah. Oh, um, I've just been corrected. It's pronounced posterity, not prosterity. <laughs> oh, no. You had it right the first time. Prostatory. I thought so. Thank you, Matthew. Screw you, Captain Andy. Yeah, in the prostatory. Wait, what? <laughs> Screw you for prostatory. Right. Well, this is the time of the show when we would do YouTube 
listener feedback. Is there anything on the YouTubes? There is yeah. a couple of things. So Greg May says that the QPP lost a 40 millimeter grenade launcher. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Oh, you wouldn't want criminals to have one of those. Uh, I just want to say to Brad, I'm sorry that you, about Halifax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Halifax is a beautiful city. It is truly beautiful. It's Atlanta, Canada, but I know there's some areas in there you do not want to go, especially after dark. Um, One street, Hodgson Street. Yeah, Hodgson's is horrible. Uh, we were also reminiscing about uh, Trevor, your rage quitting at some point. Uh, Ooh, where? Where's this? Uh, this is uh, my gun garage. So that would be Andy. Isn't it Andy? Andy threw me under the bus for rage quitting? Yeah. Sure. Son of a gun. Okay. You mean you more you rage quit more than once? Nope. <laughs> mm, search your heart. You know it to be true. There's been more than once. Uh, uh, don't don't use those quotes against me. <laughs> <laughs> also, Greg May said that he's never needed plugs with his MSAs while sh- shooting large bore with the brakes. No problem at the Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge PRS match. Greg also says what a lot, though. What? (laughs) Oh, he's right. I did rage quit having a beer with my buddies, but there's way more to that story than... Do you want to share? Just No, of course not. (laughs) Pedro has been very active on the page as well. We just wanted to say thank you for uh, all the awesome 3D stuff. Uh, items that you have sent to Trevor, we're going. I think Trevor's going to have some seriously fun things going on with those. I'm going to let I'm going to let Christina play in the Friday night matches, and doesn't matter how ridiculous they are, we're doing it. <laughs> At least I'll be like, stage. you're not going to hurt it's my wife's feelings. Stage. <laughs> yeah. Now it will go on until the guys finally come out and say, you know what, Trevor, her stages are better than yours, and I'm going to be like, you're DQ'd. That here, jerk. Okay. We're really loving the Hello Kitty. We are. <laughs> You gotta admit that's kind of fun. I also on I also on YouTube posted the symptoms trichinosis. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's everything on YouTube. All right, Matthew, check this out. Okay, along with uh, the 3D stage design materials, uh-huh. apparently some of our stages are sponsored by Slamfire. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yep. Now we get a Matador arm sign and a Calgary Shooting Center sign. Then it'll be pretty authentic. Yeah, DC Armory sign will be all good. Any okay. other uh, YouTube feedback? No, that's it. Awesome. Our listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot blowing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And he's also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Rod sent us an email that says, uh, from Rod, Massive 22 ammunition studies have been done before. Uh, Seen them in specialty newsstand magazines too. Uh, There's a book published on one called Rifleman's Guide to Rimfire Ammunition Paperback. That was uh, written around 2006. He has a copy. He says there was 32,000 rounds fired for this study, 137 different varieties. Wow. Um, But that was in 2006, and that's when uh, Bob's uh, drunk cousin Earl was working at Federal. And uh, now now that guy's gone, and some other guy's working there, and it's all better. And uh, some other company has hired Earl, and uh, and now they're much worse, right? 
right? Sure. Definitely. And it's in a book. Who reads Ugh. books anyway? <laughs> books are same dumb. people, same people that use cash. Books are dirty. They're for homeless people. Yeah. So I can't read on YouTube. That's important. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be everything I need to learn. I learned on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Why is filthy apologizing to you, Kelly? I have no idea. I Hi, Kelly. And I'm sorry. I have no idea, but I'm sure you deserved it. I don't know. I have no idea why he's apologizing to me. Oh, I know. <laughs> that was point quick. Is, the point is a man is apologizing to you. Just take it, put it in the win category. No worries. Get it to me when you can. I'll be over here drinking. Okay. <laughs> I don't even think I can buy this book in Canada. There's one that you, know, you can buy them on Amazon.com, but not on .ca. It's like 37 bucks, 27 bucks. Do your own. To make and, my own. Reason, and then the reason that you're going to be doing your own one is on YouTube. The other reason mm-hmm. is because you're looking through ammo that you're or you're testing ammo that you're going to be using in your own rifles. Do your own. I already know what I'm going to be using though. I'm going to be yeah. using the one that uh, gives me a 0.35 inch group at 50 yards on command. Do that one. Yeah. Is that uh, Ely? That is SK Standard Plus. Oh yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, my rifle just loves that stuff. So the expensive. That's, uh, that's uh not not really as okay one of the things i found out from doing this review is bulk ammo is not nearly as cheap as you think it is like when you think of oh yeah bucket of bullets yeah that's cheap ammo it's you know six to eight cents per round that's what you're paying for that stuff um that sk standard plus which is a good jillion times better is 12 cents a round now it's so it's not twice the cost it's well, it's almost twice the cost, <laughs> but it's so much better ammo for not that much more. If you're just going to like hammer rounds out and, and you don't expect to hit anything like who cares. But if you want to punch like at least a, a decent group, that stuff or uh, CCI standard velocity. If you buy that stuff in bulk, yep. you'll be paying eight cents around for it compared oh, to okay. like the cheapest stuff you will get on sale is like six cents around. So I'm that CCI good. standard velocity is like a million times better choice if you want to actually shoot, like hit what you're shooting at. Right. So when you're shooting, you're doing at 50, right? Or 100, which 50. Are you doing? I, I opted for 50 because I was worried that um, I, that wind would affect it too much and that uh, between some of the different batches, I might actually miss some rounds and I can't miss any rounds to, uh, doing this test where I have to okay. buy twice as much ammo. So what are you finding? Are you finding standard or are you finding high velocity or working better for you at 50? Standard velocity by far, yeah. by far and away. The standard so velocity once you take it out to a hundred, you're going to find that the standard is the, the high velocity. You're just going to forget. I did a little bit testing yeah. with the, the um, Ruger precision rim fire. It was going out to a hundred and it was anything that was standard velocity. Was decent. Yeah. The yeah. stuff that was high velocity, I wouldn't use for going out past a hundred. Yeah, I mean, generally, like the high velocity stuff is um, uh, meant for short range hunting, like a lot of damage on on small game. Yeah, uh, it's got hollow points. A lot of them do. Whereas, like a standard velocity forty grain soft or solid point uh, is seems to be like the like if you look at most of Ely's ammo, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, um, our guests should Is be joining ready? us momentarily. But in the meantime, okay. have you had a chance to read the transcript between the two individuals that yep. we're going to be just dis- okay? And yep. Adriel, have you guys yep. all read that? Yep. 
Yeah, I got a chance to read it. All Can right. I just one more one more thing? I was yeah, yeah, I just, here. Go ahead. Yep. Federal standard velocity standard velocity shouldn't be hyper high velocity, right? No. Standard right. high velocity. Standard. Uh, sorry. Federal's standard velocity stuff was like, oh, this is cheap standard velocity. I'll try this stuff. It's it not really standard, standard velocity. No. <laughs> it's high velocity. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Standard it's, velocity is under eleven hundred feet per second. Uh huh. Yep. And uh, what is ty- what is typical twenty two is twelve to thirteen hundred feet per second for for your right. high velocity stuff. Oh, so give me two shakes, and then you get into the velocitors and the stingers. Yeah. Then you start getting up there a little Just bit faster. Stupid still. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 1600, 1700 feet per second. Yeah. Like if you just buy bulk pack 555 or 338, that's not standard either. No, that's 1280. No, that's all 555. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we think of it as standard, but in reality, it's faster that's the than high velocity stuff. Actually, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. that, and like Adriel said, that stuff's fantastic for up close varmint shooting and pest shooting and hunting and stuff because inside of inside of 50 yards, it, it doesn't matter. It's It stays above that transonic shockwave zone yeah. and so you don't it don't suffer but as soon as you start passing that and it starts going through that buffeting then you start to see that well, the accuracy drop off and i mean like consider the difference right one inch at uh, one inch at 50 is good enough for most small small game oh, absolutely hunting. yeah and uh so like, that's not going to win you competitions correct and and well i mean it depends what kind of competition because i mean I yeah. anyways uh the federal federal standard velocity is 1166 and it should be like 1080 yeah. So yeah. that yeah. was the one where it's like, what is going on with this stuff? This is not standard velocity. Yeah. And the uh, the SMB was the same. SMB standard was eleven sixteen. A little higher too. Yeah. yeah, a little bit too high. Whereas most of the other stuff was right around where it should have been. Ten eighty. Well, the speed of sound is really close to twelve hundred feet per second. So anytime you approach that. With your 22 ammo, you're going to start seeing your your accuracy drop off. You got to stay below the speed. You got to stay subsonic if you want to get that consistent accuracy over distance because you're not transitioning the transonic shockwave. Yeah. So right. shooting at 25 meters for maple seed, I I will use the um, high velocity, but anything yep. past that, I'll be using subsonic. And if if you are at a range yeah, if you are at a range where you are staying inside of the the transition area there, you do want to go as fast as you can so the wind affects it less. Uh, so well, the last time it's in the air, the last time the wind can affect it. So if correct. you are shooting up close, shoot the fastest stuff you can. If you're I shooting disagree. at distance, shoot what's that, Trev? Well, I, I finished and I'll tell you why I disagree from my personal experience. Your mileage may vary. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so um I've tested a couple of different types of ammo at the 25 meter range, which like what you just said, if you're up close to use the fastest you can to avoid wind drift. Right now, in fairness, my testing was done under pretty ideal conditions as far as wind was concerned. And oh, both perfect. Right so you're, you're perfect. This doesn't apply. Very good. So let's continue on. To, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> well, both, both my rifles, um, just they grouped, much much better with standard velocity over oh and they uh, always will absolutely okay i think you're going to get better accuracy with standard velocity but if you are shooting like for instance my marlins will shoot that high velocity stuff very well yeah and so if i if i have standard velocity that shoots very well and i have high velocity that shoots very well if i'm staying up close i'll use the high velocity stuff for less time in the air now kelly what you said i would do the opposite you're saying in close you'll use um, I use high, high velocity whatever. in but, close. But when you stretch out, you'll go to standard? Yep. 
Now, see, I well, would take the logic that Matthew just applied to no, going but, far. Yeah, but the, the problem farther the with, distance, with, the more likely it's going to drift in the wind. So I want to. You're absolutely right, but Matthew's the problem saying. is, Trevor. The problem is, though, the farther you go, the very the, the closer you become to transitioning the transonic shock waves. That's right. the issue. So you want okay. to stay below that the whole time. Do we, we, know? we talked to the we talked to the rimfire precision guys, and they didn't seem to care about that transition they, with they, they yeah they said well, I mean and to be fair they're not shooting precision like we, like we're talking if we're talking like shooting paper for for inch groups no they're they just didn't. shooting yeah. steel plates so they just have to hit them or they miss them they don't they, they don't really care about grouping I think right? the same thing carries for maple seed like no matter you would have to find an ammo that your rifle hates. For it to make a difference at at twenty five meters with maple seed, because um, maple seed yep. is mostly you shooting, not the rifle. That being said, I've found ammo that my rifles absolutely hate, and at twenty five yards, look yep. like a shotgun spread yep. more than a oh, like, yeah. terrible. So I'll use the I'll use the I use a Gila right at twenty five yards, and it's fantastic. It's a high velocity, yeah. right? But if, if I'm works, shooting, if I'm sh- and it feeds beautifully through my rifle but if i'm shooting it to 100 i'll use standard i'll get a couple of stoppages because it hates the lead but other than that it has a better grouping at 100 as opposed to 25 right so i use the high velocity at 25 i use the standard velocity out at 100 that's it yep i have a better grouping at 100 with standard yep really yep and if you were going to do that Rimfire PRS stuff, you would use which? The standard velocity. Really? Because yeah. the precision isn't there, I, I I personally would tend to go to the high velocity, so I'd be affected less by wind drift. Oh. And Matthew, where's the sweet spot for this transition? Like, would it apply in the PRS game? Oh, yeah. They're shooting out past 300 yards, aren't they? Yeah. Out, cool. out, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Where's transition this? happens typically just past 50 yards for your high velocity. Yeah. Oh, wow. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so Kelly, with that in mind. Hmm. Yeah. You see, I I went out and I tested a whole bunch of different ammo, some cheap stuff, some pretty expensive stuff. I tested Ely, Gila, both standard velocity and high velocity. I did it at 25, 50, and 100. And the difference between the 25 and the 100 was significant. It was, it you was, guys, uh, you guys, you guys want to see a terrible one? Sure. Federal Game Shock. It's a 31 grain bullet. <laughs> it looks like I drew some circles in here, but I'm to show what like, the groups were. Oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Can you call that? So bad. It's 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 so bad that it's uh, uh, yeah, very hard to tell if it's. You if need it's to go to a maple seed, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, and I'll, I'll take this. Said. I'll take this ammo. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you you any competitions with that. With this? <laughs> so what this means is you really need to test your ammo with that rifle because yeah. if yeah. you're looking for accuracy, some ammo works well in some rifles and some not so much. Yeah. And also, right. well, I would say be thirty-one grains is awfully light, light for one in sixteen twist. You would almost need a specialty twenty-two barrel to spin that right. You'd need like a one in eighteen or one in twenty to get that to go. Because it's forty grains usually is what we're seeing at twenty-two, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like my standard stuff is forty. My high velocity is thirty-six. Right. Right. Thirty-one is. I mean, it doesn't light. sound like a whole lot of difference, but it is in a twenty-two barrel. It would be. Hey Matthew, yeah. we yeah. have a question from 
we have a question from YouTube. It, the question is, what is the top speed for considering standard velocity? So standard velocity, what's the top speed? Do you know? Well, this, it would be anything just less than the speed of sound, I believe. Which I is think it's, I think it's right? Yeah, I think, I think uh, uh, what is it? 1150 would be like the top end of what you would consider standard. But I think most people call 1050. Right. 1050, 1080 is like standard. Yeah. For- so you were talking about federal being 11, what? 1160. Like that's but that's bumping right up to the, the sound barrier there, which as soon as the barrel or the bullet comes out of the barrel, it's already being buffeted. Right. If you ever get a chance to watch, and, and this is on YouTube, um, I think it's called Schlier or Schlin or some sort of type photography where you can actually look at the shock waves of the bullets as they're fired out of guns. Super interesting. And uh, the, the the one that I was watching, it's on uh, Smarter Every Day. If anybody just goes on YouTube and searches Smarter Every Day and goes for the uh, just type in gun shockwaves, and I'm sure it'll come up. He shoots standard velocity, like 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 subsonic and supersonic out of these rifles. And you can see the shockwaves forming around the muzzle and the bullets as they leave the muzzle. And you can clearly see the subsonic shockwave is ahead of the bullet as it fires. And then you can clearly see when he shoots a supersonic, how it punches right through that shockwave. Imagine the bullet just sitting on that shockwave the whole time. That's what transonic shockwaves are. And that's what causes the inaccuracy on these 22s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really interesting shooting some of the, like some of the worst stuff because you would have your crosshairs on target and you'd pull the trigger watching through the sights and see a hole appear like, yeah. <laughs> we like I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this was even worse. The federal champion blue box, which I've actually had good results with in the past. My rifle was okay with it. Uh, we had a Ruger precision rifle, a uh, precision rim fire, and it was just a mess. Yep. Just an absolute just a mess. mess. Mm. A hot mess. Mm-hmm. But it's I, a nice rifle, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, surpri- like my trigger's nicer though. Mm. Wow, what is the heavy trigger? Uh, my my trigger's a pound, and there's no creep on it, oh. so it's just yeah, there's nothing to it. But uh, yeah, this federal blue box stuff was was just awful out of, out, out of that uh, that Ruger Precision. Like Will was shooting it, and he's like, "I can't. This stuff is not grouping." I'm like, "Give me that thing. Let me let me show you how to do this." <laughs> <laughs> and mine was worse. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like, what the heck? A three inch group at 50 yards. What is going on with this stuff? Yeah, yeah. No. that's enough. He's got thousands of rounds of that too, and it doesn't work in his gun. That's hopefully sucks. it works. We'll put it through a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Put it through a pistol at, at 10 yards, and you won't, it, it, no, it'll, it'll be, be fine. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Adriel, have you had a chance to go out and check out that, that antique shop yet? Because he posted more pictures on his Instagram, and there's always tantalizing gun stuff in the background. It's called Curiosity Inc. He's got a cool YouTube channel, and uh, he just posted another picture tonight with what appeared to be mint, mint boxes of Dominion uh, 38 Special. Sweet. No. Trevor, yeah. yes? I like your lexicon. It was good. Tantalizing. <laughs> I like your lexicon too, Kel. <laughs> <laughs> It's Schlieren photography is what you're looking for. Thank you. Good luck spelling that. Schlieren? It's Schlieren. Slow-mo. 
see slow mo. Slow mo. It's not slow mo. It's different than slow mo. Slow mo bullet waves. YouTube. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a screenshot, Adriel. And if you look at the bottom of the case, you can see barrels. Okay, mm. where's our where's our guest? Uh, any minute now. He said eight thirty. It's seven twenty nine. If these boxes are full, Adriel, I definitely want you to buy me one. They're mint. Yeah. I got a lot of antique. Well, I don't have a lot, but I do have uh, a number of antique ammo boxes now with, you know, ammo in them. Some Dominion, some other kinds. Federal Federal makes a 22 GMM, their gold medal match. Here's what's confusing about that. They make a, G, a gold medal match target. They make uh-huh. a gold medal match match. And they make a gold medal match ultra match. They all are, they all are yeah, crap. That's rifle. necessary. Their gold medal match uh, match stuff was fantastic. Their other stuff wasn't. I, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get good results from it. Uh, as SD on it was fantastic, though. Like, uh, oh, where are we here? Ten, eight, like uh, standard dispersion on uh, on the feet per second. Uh, feet per second out of the barrel was like ten or eight. Most of the cheap stuff was around twenty, thirty for the bad stuff. The best stuff was right around seven, eight, kind of a thing. Aguila Super Maximum forty. <laughs> I could not Ooh. get the Gila Super Maximum. That's a, again a lightweight bullet, thirty grain uh, bullets out of it. Um, average right around fifteen ninety uh, feet per second. So spunky, super, yeah, and like just trash accuracy out of it too. Yeah, the best for the hyper velocity was was still the stinger, stingers and the uh, velocitors. Hey. Yeah, our guest is logging in now. Cool. Excellent. I'll just keep so, talking about 22s. Yeah. Sure. Um, if we're interviewing him or he's interviewing us or we're going to interview each other. <laughs> Everybody's just going to ask questions. No answers. Yeah, we'll figure hey, it no out. No answers. Browning APR. Browning makes it. Uh, they don't make a 22. They rebrand someone else's 22. That stuff is trash. I don't know. I, 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 the bullets look like the, you know, the Winchester 555 bullets, how the, yeah, they're just, the, they're just they're horrible looking. Yeah. They look, they look so yeah. bad. That's what they're using. I'm pretty sure that's what they're using because they, th- there's no other bullet I've found that's looked, that looks as bad as those. Can they we, still run good on some of them, though. Matthew? I think that's he's showing the, us the bullet. That, Terrible note. There I don't know go. why anybody would ever think that's a good bullet profile for a, a mm, twenty-two. That truncated do not see truncated nose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. terrible. Round nose is the way to go, but this is what a lot of the high velocity guys use. Is that the? That's not five five five, is it? No, this is a Remington yellow. That's jacket. your yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually runs pretty decent for for fi- fast stuff. I mean, it shoots almost fifteen hundred feet per second. Mm-hmm. It's fast, but it actually does pretty good. I wanted to get out of that. I didn't get 1500 out of that one. I got it's, like, uh, it's pretty devastating on small roads. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think Which what, is, what they're selling a lot of this stuff as is like high velocity, uh, close up, like just obliterate the gopher. Yeah. 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 Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Pests need to be controlled. Then mm-hmm. Trevor and Kelly laughs. So it's just you and I me might, now, bud. Like, <laughs> if, if I was to shoot gophers and I was to shoot them with 22s, would I use the hyper velocity stuff or would I use like CCI standard velocity or maybe even my SK standard? I'd I use might. the fastest stuff that I could group at a hundred yards. 
I'd go to the range and the fastest stuff I get to, to group inside mm-hmm. of an inch at a hundred yards is what I'd use. Yeah. And I would want something with a pretty decent hollow point on it. I know they're not going fast enough to really spread, but even a little bit is enough to transfer that energy a little bit more accurately. Yeah, just do a little bit, do a little bit more damage, right? Yeah. Well, you want to yeah. kind of anchor them if you can. You don't want them crawling back down the hole and blocking it, and not letting the rest of them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to let... shoot them all, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to let the other ones out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, you and Trevor have it right, though. The seventeen HMR is the way to go. Oh yeah, for pure accuracy, yeah. Yeah. Now, and have you have you seen like CCI's got this segmented hollow point? Have you seen any of those? Yes. So it's got like three. There's like it's it's a bullet, but it's yep. actually three chunks, or it's been scored in a way that when yep. it when it hits, it breaks into three it chunks. Breaks into three. I've I haven't tried any of that stuff for accuracy. Or actually, I don't even know if I've ever tried that any of that stuff. Period. But uh, sounds interesting. I wonder if I wonder what kind of da- like if it would be better for damage than a hollow point or more reliable for for small game damage than a hollow point. Sounds like some testing is in order. That could be another uh, another hunting gear guy exclusive test. I need to get like a slow mo camera and put it right next to a gopher hole, and then get some of that CCI segmented stuff and and whack a couple gophers. Yep, yep. Or you could shoot it into ballistic gel. You know, I mean, that'd be an option. But, you know, no. gophers are definitely the, the, the original analog. Could I, if I could get an x-ray machine that was also mm-hmm. high speed. A high speed x-ray machine. Why don't we yeah. have one of these? Yeah, the, get the gopher in there. The segmented hollow point comes through. Or we could breed transparent gophers. Mm. Genetically modify transparent gophers. Yes, with a high-speed camera, then we don't need the, the X-ray machine anymore, and we can see which bullet's most effective. This so. probably makes a lot of sense for for our guest right now, who we've called probably. because of their expertise on transparent, genetically modified gophers. That's why Thanks he's joining us. Things, yeah. Yes, if anyone would know, <laughs> the nighttime podcast would know. <laughs> what a conversation to walk in on! <laughs> uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to hear when you log on to Slamfire. That's right. There's some firearms talk. Sometimes, sometimes some of that, we, not very yeah. much, but there is some. Sometimes we talk about genetically modified transport, trans, what I don't even know, transparent gophers. Yeah, see through. Okay, you yeah. know what? So, you guys from New Brunswick, we all know that there is the, is it still the farm that's there in Fredericton? Yes, everybody knows about the legendary cow with the glass stomach. Yeah, you can see into it. So yeah, just the experimental like farm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that cow's dead because it's been talked about for 40 years. I'm sure that I, they I, I've cows. never heard of this cow. What is this wow. cow with a transparent stomach? So Seriously, in Fredericton, in Fredericton is an, uh, there's, you can Google this. You can look it up on YouTube. In Fredericton, there is I an experimental farm. Perfect. So they actually, they had two cows, Matthew, one with a transparent stomach. So you could actually watch inside the, you couldn't see from the outside into the cow's stomach. Uh, cause you know, and, you know, but uh, the idea was to watch the digestion. Then they had another cow with a hole in it. And you could actually reach inside its gut and pull out a sample of what was being digested to check for protein content and stuff. Right. All okay. those videos you could, are you online. You could put your food through the cow, get the cow to pre-chew it, and, and then just take the rest. Wow. I'm it's sorry, a Jordan. biological blender, basically. Yeah. Jordan, yeah. Jordan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be starting <laughs> the interview, guys. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hey. Great. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. I have a uh, two sick kids in the house here. Oh, oh no. no, that sucks. All right, we have two sick hosts. So yeah, we, we had important Trevor? things to discuss. So it's no worries. The yeah. time flew. 
<laughs> a lot of it's makeup. Time of year, I find like as the seasons change, everybody gets sick. So it's what yeah. we deal with in Canada, I guess. Yes, exactly. it is. It's what makes us tough. Mm-hmm. So, all right, are we ready to go? Yep. Yeah. yeah all right, Adriel, are you doing it or am I? Oh, you. All right. So, um, here we go. Welcome back to the show, Jordan Bonaparte from the Nighttime Podcast. Welcome back, Jordan. Happy to be here. Great to be back. It seems like you were just here yesterday. Or last month or two? Pretty much, but in, in Slamfire timelines, that was yesterday. Okay. And, uh, well, because, <laughs> you know, we told one guy, we've got to have you back on soon. And five years went by before we actually had him back on. So yeah. you're like back on in a minute. You were just here a minute ago. So, yeah. And um, you'll be on my show, I think, uh, probably next week. Oh, I keep, you know what? I keep forgetting to mention that, that I was back on your show, but it's, it's pertinent, obviously, because it has to do with what we're uh, going to discuss tonight. But, just in case there are listeners who missed your first episode, I would like you to tell us about your podcast again, um, what your focus is and how the listeners can find it before we get into your most recent series, which is the reason for you joining us tonight. Sounds great. So um, I'm Jordan Bonaparte from Nova Scotia. I host the Nighttime Podcast, which basically is like an audio documentary style show that explores unique or unusual Canadian events, be it crime, mysteries, paranormal stories and yeah basically just the odd weird things that happen yeah and um some of the listeners know because i've even uh had my sword on the show a time or two i'm sure um Mm -hmm. they know about my obsession with oak island which is what brought you and i together um you posted a link to your episode with uh um dave um blankenship Mm -hmm. on one of the many Facebook pages dedicated to Oak Island. Yeah. And uh, I believe that was like episode three or something. It was really early that on, was, wasn't it? That was early on. And I'm on, I'm on like 80 something now. So yeah. And I've been, you're what uh, they call an OG. Yeah, that's right. I've been, okay. I've been since, yeah. All, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And you were also an OG Kelly. So um, yeah. And of course your show is uh, gathered or garnered interest in other shows for me and uh, the whole, the whole genre. So as a matter of fact, now I listen to more true crime podcasts than, than any other kind. So interesting. But the reason for you uh, joining us tonight is uh, you have questions for us. We have questions for you. We would like to discuss your mo- most recent series covering the story of Lindsay Suvanarath. Um, I think yeah. I pronounced that correctly. Didn't I? Yeah, you got Suvonaroth, but yeah. So this is a very scary lady. Why don't you tell us who she is and what her connection is to Canada that resulted in you covering this story? Give us a little bit of background here. Yeah, so any any kind of news watchers in Canada will pr- probably know her story when I explain it, but but they, they may not know her name as Lindsay Suvonaroth. She's basically the she's a now 27-year-old woman from uh, the Chicago area of Illinois, who in 2015 was arrested at the Halifax airport after an an anonymous tip um, came to the authorities, letting them know that a girl from the United States was on their way to Halifax to meet up with a guy and commit a mass shooting at the Halifax shopping center food court on Valentine's day. Uh, It became very big news. The press have kind of dubbed this, the, valentine's day massacre although nobody actually was shot um by her that day but in essence the story is about lindsey suvonaroth from the states had met a guy from halifax a 19 year old guy named james gamble 
they met uh, through Tumblr. Uh, they're both members of what's called the Columbiner community, which is a subculture of people who are, I guess you could say, obsessed with the Columbine shooting in the United States. And not only obsessed with the shooting, but almost look at the shooters, Eric and Dylan, almost as idols, this community. So Lindsay spent a lot of time on her computer making memes, making artwork about the Columbine attack, met this guy named James from Halifax. The two of them very quickly started a relationship within, I think, three days of meeting. They were just, they were, they began planning their shooting, which would, which they planned to happen at the Halifax shopping center food court. After a couple months of planning, she finally got on an airplane on her way to Halifax was arrested. She was, um, people probably know about the trial because it was pretty big news, especially if you're in Eastern Canada, she, um, eventually pled guilty to conspiracy to commit murder and just recently was given a life sentence. That was, um, Again, nobody had actually died other than her boyfriend, the guy she was coming to Halifax to meet. Uh, police arrested her at the airport while they surrounded his house, um, but he didn't come out of his house. He ended up taking his life, his own life with uh, one of the weapons he was planning to bring to the mall with her. Yeah. And it's, a, it's so, a very dark story, and that's the quickest version of of a story. Um, I didn't. That doesn't even get into the fact that she's a uh, outspoken neo-Nazi Columbiner, um, all sorts of strange things around Lindsay. And also very intelligent, very well read, excellent writer. Yeah. Which it's, it's all combines. Hard, hard to compliment her, but yeah. It, yeah. And those aren't compliments. Those are just facts. These aren't things I like about her. They're just facts. And that makes it more difficult to understand how um, she would go down this road. Obviously, there's something not wired correctly in this woman. Um, She's been kind of pegged in the media as being the ringleader in all of this, but uh, you've shared with us some of the dialogue between Lindsay and James. And to my co-host here, who um, may not have listened to Jordan's ser- series on this case, if you thought the dialogue in between these two Facebook conversations is, you know, dark and scary, it's nothing compared to the things that she actually said to Jordan during the interview. Um, and one of the probably, probably one of the most interesting things is that she's never spoken out to any media outlets to any of any kind. Jordan is spoken to the police. Yeah. She's never spoken to anybody. And so Jordan, how did you manage to land this interview? Yeah. Well, and I don't even call it an interview. I consider it more of a conversation, um, because there's a bit of a difference, but the way it came about is the mall that they were planning to shoot up or whatever, that was the mall next to my house, basically. And at the time that this was happening in 2015, my now six-year-old son, he was like two, in February in Nova Scotia with a two-year-old. There's not a lot to do. So I spent three or four days a week like just roaming around the mall with a coffee, pushing a stroller or with my kid in the backpack sort of thing. So anyway, needless to say, when this crime happened, it, it hit close to home, especially so considering I was at the mall that day when the mall was evacuated because they, although they arrested her, they didn't know who yep. else was involved. So it was a really big deal. And this was long before I had my podcast. So anyway, I was watching the news really closely, trying to understand, you know, is this as serious as the news is making it? When I realized, yes, it, it probably is. I started to then want to know, you know, who are these people? Why are they doing this? Was it, you know, what were they going to do? Because the press really wasn't doing a great job of giving the details. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up stumbling upon 
both Lindsay and her co-conspirator, James Gamble's online footprints. And they had both led, you know, a very uh, significant amount of their life played out online, Tumblr and other online communities. But Lindsay really stood out to me as unique and just a complete mystery because, as you said, Trevor, really intelligent. Her writing was on par with like Stephen King style, except the amount of darkness she would put in a short story, you know, Stephen King would need to spread that over, you know, five or six full novels. Like her writing is so, so intense. But anyway, I, um, when I wasn't getting the answers to the questions that I wanted from the press, like why was this going to happen and who are these people? I just decided to write her a letter. I knew she was in prison at the prison near my house um, or in my neighborhood or in my community or whatever you want to say. So I just wrote her a letter and this had nothing to do with my podcast. This is back in 2015, long before I started my podcast And my letter to her was almost like a victim impact statement. It was just kind of saying, you know, I'm Jordan. I'm this regular guy from Halifax with a family and, you know, I'm also into horror movies and the kind of stuff you're into. And I just kind of explained to her how the crime affected me. Because for a little while there, it just made me, um, I'm cautious anyway, but it made me extra cautious about being in public. And then just the idea about, you know, my kids being with me and stuff. It just really upset me. So I wrote her a letter. Didn't think I would ever hear back from her. My kind of the best case scenario, I thought, was she would read the letter and maybe it would affect her in some way. Anyway, I didn't hear anything back. Didn't expect to. Five months passed, maybe. And then just a letter shows up in my mailbox um, from Lindsay Suvonaroth. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, this is it's handwritten. So I'm like, this is that girl who the press makes seem like an absolute monster writing. me. And I read it. And the letter was like, it wasn't apologetic, but it was just kind of empathetic for a paragraph or two. And then she just went on to talk about movies and her writing and, you know, just talking like real friends. So I'm just like, wow, wrote her back, you know, and we went back and forth for letters from that started in 2015, shortly after she was arrested. And we've been kind of like pen pals up until present day. And recently she, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You can laugh. What a you way to see. get a, oh, yeah. What a pen pal. Hey, yeah. but, um, Anyway, and it's always how many letters? Like, how many letters over the years? A, f- uh, a closet full. Wow! Like cool. a, lots of them, hundreds. But it was in the letters are mainly are short, but a lot of it was that was more like the interview. Every letter I'd have like a question. She'd send me back kind of like an answer with a drawing she made or a short story she wrote or something. But anyway, what ended up happening was so we kind of gained some trust throughout this period of time. And then she had mentioned that she was considering giving an interview now that she's been giving a life sentence. Um, and she was kind of asking me to look into a certain journalist that had requested an interview because she wanted to see if, you know, this is someone that she should fear spinning her words or something like that. Um, and I had told her, I said, if you're you know worried about someone spinning your words in a direction you don't want it to go, just come on my podcast and tell the story. And she knew I had a podcast because it was on the radio in Halifax and she was in prison in Halifax and she had a prison in her cell. So anyway, she said, yeah, sure. I'll come on and tell you the whole story. And she did exactly that. She like warts and all, she told every bit of the story in graphic detail. Um, It's absolutely chilling to listen to because she talks about mass murder and ideal victims and what she would say to taunt her victims. She talks about that the way any of us would talk about, um, 
you know, what we're having for supper tomorrow night. Truly. Yep. Just as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which made it, it, it was frightening to listen to her talk about these things. Like, like you said, like we would talk about any normal subject. Very frightening. Yeah. The, so the one, yeah. In, no, in the three hour interview, there was one point she laughed and that was the point when she was talking about what she wanted to say to someone as she killed them. And I thought that was really upsetting. It was very upsetting. Um, you, you used it like a weapon in the show. Um, there's no kidding that I bet you a number of listeners, myself, full disclosure stopped and just had to like sit back and go, well, I mean, I turned it off and then started venting to you. Like I started sending you audio yeah, I'm getting messages. messages from you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. thank God all your listeners aren't like me. You'd never get any peace, but yeah. Cause I'm that guy, right. I'm in the, I'm listening to Jordan's podcast and if something hits me, boom, I message them right away. You, and it's you always message me. You send me a voice message. Yeah. I, I, I send him an audio message. Hey, that got me a job on your show for an episode, right? Hell yeah. I would have typed. You never would have heard these sultry tones. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. all right. So let's let's move on to um, what what brought you back to Slam Fire and what brought me back to the Nighttime Podcast. And that is, you know, that uh, I'm involved in the firearms uh, hobby. But I reached out to you to say, "Wow, Jordan, I actually own the firearms that they were going to use." Mm-hmm. And for lack of a better word. I was expressing to you that I was taking exception with the media's uh, use of the term mass shooting. All right. Mm-hmm. Now the media doesn't understand, of course, what these firearms are, what their capacity is, what they're capable of actually um, producing as far as damage. They're, they're going to use the term mass shooting every time. And one, one body is too many, obviously, but they were, you know, I wanted to, I know I couldn't correct the media and I know I can't correct the public, but I wanted to educate you on, Hey Jordan, this is what these guns were and this is what they're capable of doing. And you actually had me on the show and I demonstrated how painfully slow it is to load the rifle in question. So for my, for my uh, co-host here, the firearms were a Kui model 84 single shot, 12 gauge. He had one box of birdshot ammunition. The rifle was a Savage Model 99 lever action internal rotary magazine with a whopping 13 rounds of ammunition. Now, yeah, I, when I saw the messages there, it's like a single shot shotgun with birdshot. What, what, what is this? That like, it's well, it seemed that uh, they were fantasizing about this without any real. Well, way to do it right the the logistics were falling apart before they even tried to put the plan in place so not only did they have those two firearms um neither of them had experienced firing they they had both never fired a gun before and they were going to take a city bus to the uh to the mall so that wouldn't have been suspicious at all and jordan correct me on these numbers if i'm wrong here please jump in of the 13 rounds of rifle ammunition they were going to keep two for themselves so now we're down to 11 rounds. Uh, James was also going to murder his parents. So now we're down to nine rounds. And James was also going to murder a co-conspirator, a co-conspirator. So they potentially could have arrived at the mall with eight rounds of rifle ammunition. Is that correct, Jordan? That's yeah. Plus the bird shot, which plus the, the 90 something pound girl was going to wield. wearing tights was going to use. Yeah. Um, she would have, she would have had a quite a, a surprise 
after the first time she pulled the trigger. So um, Jordan and I are planning to meet up at a, a Nova Scotia indoor range where he's going to shoot these guns, uh, give him a crash course and how to load, load them and then say, there you go. I'll put you on the clock. I'll put you under a little bit of stress. See if you can shoot 25 rounds of 12 gauge. See how long that's going to take. And then see if you can, you know, shoot five rounds out of this rifle and then reload it. What I tried to explain to Jordan when I went on his show was once the shooting started, um, by the time he would have fired five rounds, started to reload, by the time he reloaded the gun, there would have been nobody left. Yeah. Everybody everybody would have vacated yeah. the area. Yeah. And you can be shot with birdshot um, from a reasonably close distance and live. Like unless they were going to like shoot people to wound them and then walk up and execute them. The birdshot, as I said to Jordan, is, is called birdshot for a reason. So um, what do you want to talk about next, Jordan? You want to talk about like how well, you have something in mind or? Yeah, well, one thing I thought I thought it's interesting, especially g- given a lot of the things she said is she was handed a life sentence. And the reason for that, well, there's a, a variety of reasons, but one that the that the judge made reference to is the fact that this attack, had it have happened and had she had not been arrested at the airport, would have had the type of or would have led to the type of damage that like a terrorist attack would have had. So not only did the press get the story wrong, some even said it could have been Canada's worst mass murder, mass shooting ever. I've seen that in in multiple articles. But even through the through the court system, it seems like I like nobody really took the time to think about the fact that they didn't have any strategy plan. They didn't have the right weapons for what they were planning to do. It was conspiracy to commit. Right. So that's why she, so she got a life sentence, but it was life sentence 10. Right. So after 10 years, she's available, uh, she's able to apply for parole. Yeah, you're exactly right. Which is when you're talking life sentence, that's the, that's the minimum. So Mm -hmm. after 10 years, she can apply for it. Um, Wouldn't, wouldn't a manslaughter be a, uh, well, manslaughter is, yes, there's no intent. That was intent. So they, they conspired to actually commit murder. So, that was so it's the shortest with intent. That's gotcha. not a, that's not on the table. So it's right. the short. It's the least amount she could get convicted of if she was convicted. Basically, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I just and the problem they had that they couldn't really find a lot of comparable cases because I guess yeah. conspiracy to commit murder is one thing, but really what they were doing was conspiracy to commit mass murder, which is of course Correct. is a different thing. But there's not really a law in the books for that. Well, but, she didn't actually t- carry that out, and he didn't carry that out either. And if they if they had, it still wouldn't have been really mass, and it certainly wouldn't have been carried worse. That is yeah. correct. It just yeah. um, I just think of it as like hearing Trevor kind of describe the the weapons and give the demonstration. It's almost like if like what I think about is it just to play devil's advocate. If I was talking to a friend on the internet. And I said, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm pretty sure I know karate and I'm going to go in the food court and I'm just going to kick the shit out of everybody and kill them with my karate. I don't know karate and I would probably just get my butt kicked in the mall. But if my intent is to go in there and just break people's necks and kick with the, faces the in, ability to do it, you might be able to get a couple of kids. <laughs> you, you haven't seen me in person. <laughs> no, no, I, I have. I'm pretty sure you could take three five-year-olds at once. Okay, Jordan, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a difference. The difference is intent. Mm-hmm. 
right? So if you have no, intent- no, he's making a good analogy here, Kelly. His right. intent is to use karate that he doesn't possess. So His do you think he would have sure. gotten? Do you think he would have gotten the same sentence if he intended to go do it with karate than he did with? Or, or a machete. Gun. Let's say he or has a, mach- a samurai sword, and you're well, like, "I'm going to go kill ten or well, twenty people." Okay, so there's a difference between samurai sword and and karate because you mm-hmm. haven't yeah. been trained in karate, yeah. right? But samurai sword, there is have some, to be. Have some, to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, w- I would disagree. I think that if you're not trained in uh, the arts of the samurai, I think that your chance oh, of uh, here we go. your chance of get like what what's your how many people are you going to get as an untrained person that's ninety pounds with a samurai sword? One, one, probably about as many as you would get with a shotgun. Yeah, with a single a single that shot shotgun with bird shot. Yeah, you probably get zero with that. But at least with the with their lever action, they would have got it like one or two. Yeah, yeah. Assuming that if they, they could got hit it, their targets. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. after five rounds, the mall would have been cleaned. There would have been nobody left. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, so. I just. I find there's there's so many aspects to the story that are interesting. Both like how the law interprets what they did, knowing that like in my mind, a lot of what they said and did, although they probably intended to do it, yes, it was very yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, no question. What what I'm curious about that I'd like to hear you talk about again. I'm a layman about firearms. This guy, James Gamble. He was taking selfies and videos of himself walking around his bedroom, like with his dad's shotgun and his dad's rifle. Um, you had Trevor, when you're on my show, kind of made reference to the fact that there's laws in Canada about how you store guns. I'd like to know how that works. Like if I've never been in a house, well, I think my dad had a gun, but I don't know where it was or anything about it. But what's to prevent a 19-year-old son from just taking his dad's gun and walking around the house with it? Well, so... There's a couple of ways that the owner, who's the only one, the the person with the license, the only one who's allowed to have access to the firearms in their home. Obviously, other people can live in the home. Like Christina doesn't have, my wife, she doesn't have a license. She's not supposed to be able to access my firearms. So how do I prevent my wife or my 19-year-old son from accessing my firearms? There's two ways. You can either lock them in a safe with a combination that you do not hand over to anyone in the family other than yourself or safe with a with a key and you don't provide access to the key to anyone else in the house or uh, a non-restricted gun can simply be stored trigger locked so this rifle and this shotgun could have been stored in his father's bedroom or under the bed and provided they were trigger locked and that would have made them compliant with canadian law in the photos that i've seen these firearms were not locked so that begs the question did the father not lock them or were they locked and the son knew how to remove the locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like if for, you don't sus- if you don't suspect your kid of being a mass murderer and he's nineteen and his dad is an avid hunter, there's there's a good chance it stands to reason that dad takes son out hunting or shooting or whatever and says, "Go grab the guns." The trigger lock combo is four, five, six, or whatever, and doing so, he's breaking the law. Yeah, I wouldn't, he is like absolutely. even I wouldn't do that. Like I'm, I've, I've got my kids into into shooting yep. and that kind of thing. They don't know my combo, and they won't nope. know my combo. And they they shouldn't. However, not everybody is as diligent in following the law and the safety right. procedures as we are. Now, hey, this wasn't the case, Matthew. It wasn't a father son hunting relationship because James admitted that he has never fired a gun. Okay, well there you go. So he maybe dad hadn't locked up the guns. Do we know how he got access to the guns? Is that part no, of the, we the don't, case file? that's never we been d- disclosed. All that's owed is like, cause it, 
What's interesting is their relationship, Lindsay and James, the two main conspirators, the entirety of their relationship happened on Facebook Messenger. They never once talked on the phone or went on Skype or anything. It was all in chat. And those logs of their chat had become court records. So it's available to the public. So you get to see everything from the from the first like hello to her message saying, like, I'm at the airport now getting on the plane, sort of thing. Yeah. Um in throughout the chats, often he's he says, like, I have my dad's guns in my room right now. And, you know, he's playing with them, like stacking up the shotgun shells and all this stuff. So it seemed like it was the kind of thing he could get easily, but he never went into how mm-hmm. he was able to get it or where they were stored or anything. Well, he admitted that he's never fired a gun before. Mm-hmm. Correct. And exactly. She and as well. Yeah. yeah. She um in fact the mall as a location was like the fourth or fifth option. They were trying to do everything they could to avoid using the guns. They were trying to find places that they could use knives instead. Their their first idea was a hospital where they could find a ward where people weren't okay. able to get out of their beds. So what they were doing is they were looking for what we call soft targets, people places where people can go and they'll get the mass casualty, right? With the least amount of resistance. The amount of resistance. They're not going to so if there was security guards on the premises who had because he said, I need somebody else that's going to be there, right? Yeah, somebody so back, I don't get so jumped, yeah. won't get ambushed. But what's going to happen is if somebody was there who actually has the capability of basically a resistance, they wouldn't have picked that target. They picked a food court or they were picking a hospital where there was no resistance. Correct? Yeah, exactly. How so? How uh, one of the things that's that's kind of weird about this, uh, like I'm 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 happy that they stopped them and, and arrested them before yeah. they they got too far. It seems like such a a low effort, low everything to start with. They're talking about dark things. They're both into this thing. They talk on Facebook Messenger. One of them's drunk while they're talking about this stuff. They decide to fly out and meet each other, <laughs> like. You gotta wonder about whether they would have gone through with it, or whether that whether this guy was trying to meet a girl to talk to, or what this was even going to even turn into. Because what yeah, we exactly. we don't know now, but uh, <laughs> like it, it's it, this seems like super low effort, super unlikely to happen stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, she was convicted for things written in a Facebook chat. Yep. Mm-hmm. In in what's um. The intent. She flew there, though. Yeah, maybe like if like imagine these guys are part of some like weird cult and they go and meet each other and they just like hang out and they don't do any cult stuff. Like, uh, who's to say what's even going to happen about this kind of thing? I'm not trying to empathize with them. I'm just of saying course, like man. this is no, this is right. so weird to start talking about possibilities when they're so ill-equipped and uninformed and. Right. The, like, thing, yeah. the thing is, though, what we were seeing at the time, they were referring to Columbine, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. What yeah. they were, what they're doing we're is... We're not it, questioning their intent. We're questioning no, no. the logistics and realism of pulling it off. Or right. even That's trying to attempt to pull it off. Yeah. Well, we're like, not yeah. questioning why they were convicted or arrested, but realistically, they could have changed their mind. And oh, realistically, God. like, they could have maybe never made it to the mall if someone on the bus suspected there were firearms. Oh. Like... There was a high yeah. likelihood that this was going to fall apart if Correct. they even decided to go through with it. Correct. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. If they were taking a bus, and you're taking a bus with a cooey and a, what else were they taking? Shotgun. Molotov cocktails on the bus. 
Yeah. Oh, they were going to do Molotov cocktails on the bus too. Yeah. Well, you can conceal those in a backpack. Yeah. It's hard if to you've never thrown a Molotov cocktail, you don't know. Like, there's difficulties around that, and it's you're and li- it's, more likely to burn yourself than you are to. I feel like if anyone here knew how to do it, it would be Matthew. <laughs> I, I'm staying very quiet as to not incriminate myself. Right. <laughs> so, so Jordan, can we talk a little bit about? Um, uh, whether or not you believe, based on what you read, that Canadian firearms laws in a way helped reduce the possibility of this being worse. Definitely. Um, I don't know if I sent you the shot of from the logs, but there is a, there's a part where Lindsay and James are talking about the bullets they have, the amount of bullets they have, the type of guns that they have. And he knew enough about guns to know that I have birdshot, which isn't as strong, so we need to get like really close to people. Um, and he was talking about looking at changing from the mall to a few different other places where there'd be less chance of resistance because they didn't have good enough weapons. But he talked um, about trying to find someone with a firearms license to help them get better stuff, better bullets or better guns. And they were even messaging a few people. Uh, that they knew that they thought may have firearms licenses saying like, you know, can you buy us this stuff? It was almost like reading, like and James would message them and then report back to Lindsay. Like he told me to screw off, but um, it was almost like listening to two underage people trying to find liquor, liquor like yep. trying to get someone to buy liquor. Exactly. And it was and just like reading that little section of the log. It was reading Canadian firearms regulation, you know, working. Mm-hmm. Although James was able to get the guns, at least at this point, he wasn't able to get anything differently. He wasn't anything different. Buy it. He wasn't able to go get somebody to buy him buckshot ammunition or slugs. He wasn't able to get another box of ammunition for that rifle. I mean, chances are that rifle and those 13 rounds are the same age and have been together since they were purchased and are probably very old. You know, this is probably a guy who the father used to go out and shoot one deer a year, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Even like, even with better ammo, I don't think they would have done anything different. They, they weren't going to reload that gun, uh, the uh, lever action and their shotgun. They would have got one shot off and that's, that is it. And Um, people would have been scattering. If they had access to lots of money um, and they're in the U.S., maybe they could have gotten a, a, a semi-automatic rifle. But it seemed like this was like a spur of the moment. They're going to take whatever just, garbage they've got available to them, which is just the, the worst stuff possible to use for this kind of thing. Yeah. And like We've often said that we have strict enough gun control in this country. We just need the people that enforce the laws to A, be aware of what's already on the books and B, enforce it. It's like mm-hmm. murder with a gun is is bad. Well, murder is bad. doesn't matter. You don't need to make murder doubly illegal because it's done with a gun. We see like people wanting to create gun control for the sake of gun control. Well, here here's an example, I think, of gun control in Canada working. This guy knew that he was not going to be able to purchase ammunition. He tried to get legal gun owners to buy ammo for him, and no one did. If this isn't the system working, I don't know what is. And shows she was stopped right at the airport because it was reported as well i don't think that they would have been they would have been able to get to the 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 mall at all they would have been stopped this there's a part of me that thinks the way this would have all ended up is with like 
a really awkward phone call from James's parents to Lindsay's parents being like, you know, your daughter is here. I don't know what's going on. Because I've been in situations like that in, you know, 17 and 18 where I just kind of crash at a girl's pad. That I mean, um, or it's actually the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah, a girl that in my yeah. house who was like, yeah, anyway, I won't get into it. But <laughs> <laughs> parents were called. Yeah. Busted. It this does seem like a very good case for the type of firearms or gun control that we do have in Canada. Like Trevor said, it does seem like it it did its job. Yeah. And as much as I am against more gun control, I don't think I've ever made it a secret that I think that what Canada has is is close to the the ideal system for most countries. We we have some really dumb laws. I, I admit that, and I don't like the extent of the gun control that we have, but the fact that there's mandatory safety training and the fact that you do go through a pretty extensive background check to get your gun license, I don't think these are bad things. And I think once you do have your license, it's great because now you can just go to the store and buy your gun and your background check is already done. You don't need to do it each time you buy a gun like you do in the States. So I, I do think the system worked. I think we've gone too far, and I think they still want to go farther. They still want to take more guns away from us. They still want to ban more guns, but that's not going to solve anything. This case should be used as an example to say, look, the basics, the absolute basics of our gun control system in Canada help stop crime. They help yeah, save I don't, lives. I don't, I don't think and the Canadian laws would have changed further. anything on this one. Yeah, well, put put them in the states. No, no hey, I'm, I'm there's saying, two teenagers. I'm saying, they have no money. They can't. Yeah. They can't buy any anything. Anyways, they're underage, which in, in a lot of places I, I is going to block with, them. With what you're saying, Adriel, but I'm saying, had we two motivated individuals who were stopped by this set of circumstances, it does show that if you don't have a gun license, you can't just easily go to the store and buy ammo. You have to That's find a- somebody who will get it for you, or you have to find it on the black market, which right. obviously isn't as easy as everybody says it is if these two teenagers couldn't figure that out. Yep. Also, Matthew, another rule that we're, another law that we have um, that would have prevented uh, this even getting as far as it did would have been had the father not allowed the son access to the firearms. Absolutely. Had, yeah. had he not, yeah, had the dad just kept them locked up properly. Those, those laws are in the books. Yeah. But the father didn't follow them. And we know I wonder that if does, the father got charged with anything. Be- or at the very least, you know, um, the guns take like he shot himself, so those those guns are gone. Right. Um, the father may be happy to say, "Yeah, I never want them back." But yeah, would the guns have been gone anyway? Like, would there have been some level of accountability for the father? Did they go in and say, "We have all this, all these pictures of your son holding these guns"? He says, in sight. Yeah. Well, how? And, why did your yeah, son have I, access to your guns? He Where's your trigger locks? Where's yeah. your gun safe? Yeah. So. You know, if and here's the crazy thing, Jordan. Let's say he had gotten to the mall and they would have shot some people. The only thing the father would have been charged with would have been unsafe storage. Unsafe storage. Yeah. Because he's not part of the conspiracy. He had no intent. The only thing that he could have been charged with would have been that's it. And see, now I'm okay with that because while dad did leave his guns unlocked, he didn't murder anybody. That's the only crime he's guilty of. 
that's right. But, he, he's not guilty of killing people. He's guilty of leaving his guns unlocked, which which can lead to this, and that is a serious thing, and we all need to be aware of that. Yeah. yeah. But now, I certainly don't believe in in charging people for more serious things for whenever they, they do. do something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people would disagree with you, and they'd say, "No way, he's responsible for their deaths," and no, you can argue not. that all day. I tell you yeah. what. I want him convicted of what the law that he broke, which would have been right. unsafe storage. And I want the book thrown at him as hard as possible because sure. it's not like it was used to hold up a, a grocery right. store. You, you don't no don't charge there. him for conspiracy or, or you know, help, helping us out, but do but, do hold him accountable for the crimes that he did commit. Yeah. And yes, because mess. of the serious nature, you do throw the book at him. And that's why we do have judges who are supposed to use their common sense when handing out sub, uh, sentences. When you have somebody who broke a law, that's a pretty serious law, but nothing bad came of it. You go, you know what? That was bad. Don't do it again. Nothing bad happened. You're cool. Mm-hmm. But then you have somebody who broke the exact same law and like 100 people die. Well, guess what? You're getting the book thrown at you to demonstrate that your negligence caused all of this. This is your fault. And everybody else should be aware that this is a possibility. Mm-hmm. It so, depends on the judge. It, it does, does depend on the yeah. judge. It does. And it also depends on, you know, minimum sentencing and mandatory sentencing and all that stuff, which I think is a load of crap myself personally. I think we got rid of those minimums, didn't we? Mandatory minimums? We did. Probably. Five years now. Yeah. Okay. Right. okay, Jordan, any uh, any other aspects of this case you want to touch on or any more firearms related questions you want to cover? No, I'm just uh, I'm excited to meet with you at the at the range. I've uh, I've never honestly I've never shot a gun, so that would be a cool experience anyway. But especially yep. these guns, because this story is one that I've been for a long time now, you know, playing through in my head, and I'd really like to see the see the guns in person, fire one, reload it. That'll that'll put things in in perspective, but also to hear how firearms law comes into play with this especially safe storage like i'm just thinking if he didn't know the password or whatever it is to get the thing to use the gun then this plot suddenly becomes you know a nice stabbing which is a yeah yeah when it's two 90 pound people doing a mass (laughs) stabbing at the mall suddenly it goes from really scary to you know just ridiculous almost comical yeah yeah. then a chair in the face is a real thing and it wouldn't have been a mass stabbing Somebody would have stopped no. them before that. Yeah. And it wouldn't no. have been a mass shooting as well. Somebody would have stopped them before that. Just well, and it wouldn't have been a suicide. It would have been an arrest. Yeah. 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 So, well, he was suicidal anyway. And, um, you know, I sent you the links to that uh, to that group in um, Lethbridge, Alberta, that does the threat assessment training. And mm-hmm. one of the things the studies that sh- have shown is that almost uh, across the board, one thing that all mass shooters have in common is that they are suicidal and they plan to do this and then kill themselves. And we know that this was the case as well of the 13 bullets. They were going to keep two for themselves. Right. So and I, sh- I shouldn't have said it wouldn't have been a suicide. It would have been an arrest because there's other ways to end your own life, of course, but yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Now the liberals would make you believe that the only way to do it is with a gun. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a political All right, wrapped show. it up and took a cheap shot at the liberals. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan, if you don't have anything else for us, uh, we will say good night and thank you once again for coming on and ask you to plug all of your uh, social media and, and that stuff. Yeah, nighttimepodcast.com. And then I'm nighttime pod on all the different social media places. Cool. And, and if you can't figure out how to find me, then. You're not trying hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the Twitter machine. He's on the the Instagram machine, the Facebooks. Hey, are you still syndicated? 
Yeah, on Global. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool. I listen to you on the podcast. I should actually be a patroni. Thanks for ah, well the um in the syndication, what that is is they take like my past episodes and mm-hmm. they edit them and re-air them on global. Correct. So that's kind of cool. I wonder I'm curious to see if they have the guts to air the episodes with Lindsay. We'll see. Oh, I got one more <laughs> question for you, Jordan. Yeah. Tell us about your recent uh, exchange with law enforcement. Huh. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say about that. It was basically as I said, like Lindsay, when she was arrested, she's like, I'm not saying a word. Yep. She pled not guilty. Wouldn't talk to police. Didn't say anything to anybody. The only thing they had her saying was they sent like a undercover cop posing as a fellow convict. Inmate. Yep. They Inmate. Always, they, yeah. That's what they, they do. They put her in. They put Lindsay was going to a court appearance and they had another inmate in the car and the inmate did the whole like, what are you in for? And Lindsay had told her, you know, I was going to commit a shooting. That was like the only thing they had, they had her saying in person. But anyway, um, she ended up changing her plea at one point. She was originally pleading not guilty. Then when it turned out that the Facebook logs were going to be evidence, because there was some question about whether they could, once Facebook logs were said to be admissible as evidence, she changed her plea to guilty. And that was, that was it. She released a statement of facts that basically says, yes, I plan to do it. But anyway, when she came on my podcast, she told the whole thing. And I guess the police listened and were very interested in some of the things she had to say. Um, my podcast is like heavily edited. So I had probably five hours of interview that was edited down to, you know, an hour of podcast kind of thing. They were, let's just say they were really interested in what may have been included in those other four hours. Mm. Yeah. And you received and, an official demand from the police to turn over the tapes. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. They, they had been asking for it for a little while and I wasn't cool with giving it up just because. Talk to my agent. He'll tell you the price. Yeah. I'm talking to my agent and put my <laughs> six year old on the line. Um, <laughs> they, uh, what it was, was like, I just, she has an appeal coming up. She's appealing her sentence. And there was yeah. some stuff I didn't include before. Cause maybe I'm thinking it could be, taken to be you know have something to do with her appeal or something and some of it was just as i mentioned earlier she's a neo-nazi unapologetic i didn't want to include anything on my show that had anything to do with you know hate speech or any of this sort of stuff so a lot of that was edited out but anyway i just felt like i would be exposing myself to some liability to just be like you know here's all this stuff that i didn't get permission to give to you um, so I was telling them I didn't want to give it up and then they got a legal order that required me to. Yeah. So that's basically it. Not, I don't think it's an, it's like, I was expecting to hear something. I, I knew something would come of it. Are and, you absolved of any liability or legal action on her part once they legally take this from you? I believe because I have, like, I can't say no. It's like, I'm. It's not like you gave it to them by choice. It's not like you offered it to them. To actually provide it. Now, prior to her actually changing her plea, she was under legal advice by her lawyers to not say anything. Once she changed her plea because of the introduction of the Facebook uh, Messenger stuff, then she was able to say something. But she's automatically, because of her life sentence, she is automatically going to have an appeal. It doesn't matter whether she was convicted or not. uh, Mm -hmm. Through So... Right. Well, she wasn't yeah. convicted. She'd have nothing to appeal. Right. Yeah. So she fled. Right. Um, but yeah. So you're you're good because of the fact that 
you were you were quarter. Yeah. So she, she can't oh, sue him later and say, turned, yeah. yeah, right on. Could you imagine that episode of the podcast? Oh man. <laughs> well, here's what's going to happen. She's going to um, either win her appeal and be given time served and uh, and deported, or she's going to lose her appeal. And at the first round where she can apply for parole. She'll be granted parole and deported. Nobody wants to pay for her to stay in our country. She'll be let she she she's given her a pound of flesh. We don't need to pay the the taxpayer bill to have an American in our jail. Export her back to the United States. First chance you get, and she's never allowed to travel here again. We're good. She'll serve longer... sentence here in Canada. She What's will. That? Yeah, she will serve she's... her sentence here in Canada. She'll not, right. she will lose her appeal because it's automatic, but she'll she'll lose it and yeah. she'll be deported as soon as she uh, since she wins her as soon as soon as she's able to so whether she's granted parole she'll be she'll be deported that's right and i predict that she'll be granted parole in the first request probably yes because just to get her out of here just to yep. get her out of here yep so, yep fine with me yep so speaking of getting right. out of here yeah speaking <laughs> <laughs> we're on we're on two and a half hours now jordan so we're gonna cut you loose buddy and All wrap right. up our show and um thanks for having me oh listen come back anytime it's always interesting to have you come on and you know because you bring such a unique perspective to it all right so um yeah yeah I, I i made sure that i was on tonight i'm normally uh, i've been busy lately but when i heard you were coming on i'm like yep i'm making nice. sure i'm on tonight yes yeah, so well, we, we can't another- get him back on but you can We'll yeah. do another episode after we go to the the range together, Trevor. Well, that's oh, what I was going to sure. say. Can we yeah. give feedback? That would be awesome. Yeah. On we- your episode, or, sorry, your your range trip, and see now after the range, are you going to be a gunny? Well, we'll I see. doubt it. I'm. Mm. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So when's this range trip, and how do I get in on this? Um, you have to come to the AMA indoor match, um, March twenty fourth, in Halifax. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Sorry, Jordan. I, I like you, but <laughs> that's a yeah. long drive. Yeah, I just so, went to Georgia and back, so I'm I'm done for driving. For you're done for driving. Jordan and I will either go on Saturday morning before I go to the match, or Sunday morning, depending on how much Andy makes me drink Saturday night. Now I'm over. Oh, I'm be. Hey, oh, Jordan. Like fun. I'm going to be here in June. Do you want to hang out? Definitely. Awesome. Let me know when you're here. Okay. There you go. Cool. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much. And listeners, if you haven't checked out the nighttime podcast, you are missing out. It's a lot of fun and it could open you up to a whole new world of other podcasts that uh, you will enjoy. So be sure to check it out. Jordan, we'll talk soon, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank yeah. you. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. He's so cool. Very. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's wrap it up. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to send, a sh- send the show an email, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. What an Podcast. unusual thing to say after the uh, main topic. I am <laughs> continuing as is, and I am not editing anything. We're two and a half hours. I am posting this tonight. Driver, let's go. It's a good interview. It was a good interview. And, and now uh, it's done. Move now it's on. Done. Finish the show. Okay, uh, podcast reviews. Uh, review us on a podcast thing. Shout outs, Trevor. Um, yes, I have show outs. To um, Captain Andy for all the amazing work he did to that Leanne field and for correcting me live on air tonight. You're a jerk. To the mini snaps, to Dawn and Filthy. Ginger snaps is dead to me. That's all I got. I got one, uh, Calvin, for the pho. Kelly? 
I'm going to say to CCFR, I just wanted to let everybody know that they're once again going to be our national sponsor for Project Maple Seed. I wanted to say thank you for them. I'm going to post that everywhere and let them know that uh, because of the CCFR, we're going to be traveling across the country again this year. So thank you very much. Cool. And thank you guys for traveling across the country for your vacation. Thank you. Yes, I'm using all my vacation days to come and see everybody in Alberta and, and, you know. And train everyone along the way. Train the whole country along the way. Yes. Yeah, just that. And out in the East Coast as well. Dates, by the way, will be posted soon. We're just waiting to get back some range agreements, filthy, from people. Um, But once we get those back, we will be posting the dates and then people can start signing up. Cool. Matthew? Uh, to Colby and Dave. Yeah. All right. Uh, Patreon supporters, we have 87. If you'd like to head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio, support us there. We'll send you a patch and sticker in the, ma- in the mail. If you haven't received a patch and sticker in the mail, uh, email us again. Uh, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on gun owners of Canada. And like us on Facebook. Over on Facebook, we have about 2,000 likes. And it's a great place to chat about things that you might have heard on the show and uh, find other like-minded people. Thanks for listening, everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. <laughs> James chimed in just in time to let me know I'm dead to him too. And here I thought he wasn't listening tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs>